Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to a special bonus episode of There Will Be Dungeons. Post the big Heroes of the Waste campaign that we just wrapped up a couple of weeks ago. We're here to answer your final questions about that campaign. Uh, maybe more will come up in the future, I don't know. But for now, uh, you know, it's a bit of a recap, a look back, if you will. And you guys asked some really great questions. And as always, Kristen's here to uh, lay those out for us. So Kristen, take it away. All right, first question, if the Earth is saved, uh, I guess I might need to change some of the sex. Okay, so the Earth was saved. Do our mighty heroes stay, or do they seek the white expanse? And could slash would Nash change his dragon heart for another dragon part, like a brain? <laughs> <laughs> I see what they did there. Man, dark shade. Um, yeah, they came right for you, Scott. Yeah, well, would, would, I probably asked for that. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you think I should do? Like, what would what would Nash do? Nash would probably want the heart back. That, but that was awesome, the heart. So that's my answer. I don't know if there's a better one, but I just want another heart. That yeah, thing one with no strings attached kind of a thing. Yeah, one that I could just keep and not have taken from me and that I hope I'd never have to use, but will if I need to, you know, that kind of thing. Isn't Maybe that kind of what you have? I mean, I did, but this... You ha- but you have a heart now. Yeah, but it's, it's just your a heart. heart. Yeah, and it's it, just a heart heart. It could be taken from you, but it would kill you. Yeah. Just like it would for anybody. It's just so boring, that heart. You know? Like, I want, like, a heart that lets me turn into a dragon. That's really what I want again. I want dragon time. Well, can't you, like, do sorcerers still get true polymorph or any of those? You could take one of those spells. That's true. That's always possible, yeah. I don't know. The heart was unique and and rad. Well, that's a thread maybe for an epilogue someday, you know. You feel like you've saved the, the the universe, you have your family, but somehow you're empty inside without it. Yeah, that's a good and, point. You know, you know, I mean, maybe if you called Brent, maybe he'd take your call. Brent could do whatever he wants, I suppose. So if he was well, motivated. Sure want to make a deal with you, you know, like if you maybe offered him something and He'd give you the heart back in return or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's not the end. No, certainly not the end. Yeah. And, and we're not like, you know, if we'd ever play again, I mean, certainly we've given a nice resolution. You know, you've retired to Planet Nash and raising your family and lived yeah. happily ever after. Yeah, which is not kind of nice in its own little way. You know, you, Scott, the player, don't really need it anymore. No. No, not really. But you think, you think Nash would be so upset at its loss that it would affect the rest of his life? Like all this, he has all this stuff, but really he just wants them to drag him out. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
None of this stuff is good without the heart. <laughs> I mean, a part part of me thinks Nash is is finally where he wants to be ultimately, and he just is good, and that you know, being with his family and and putting this behind him is like where he'd want to be. But you also pulled some weird shit at the end, like a horror movie that's looking for a sequel, and so you know, I don't want to be defenseless. And maybe you can kill that second Nash and take his heart. Yeah, that's true. If he, if he has one. Remember, the, the clones, you were the unique one with it, so it's only you that had it. The other Nash just had to survive without it. That's true. Yeah, yeah but, like, I don't know what body, like, just specific to the body part. part. He has a brain. It's fine, okay? It's a fine brain. <laughs> there you um, go. There it is. <laughs> I don't. I don't need a new brain. I have all these great things, but I just realized I have a brain. So okay, <laughs> it's fine. So to ask you what body part I would like, either I, it's hard to compete with a with a dragon transformation that's just at your fingertips. So I feel like I'd want that back. All right, I know how Scott feels. He feels like he got nerfed yeah, a little bit. I mean, not. I don't resent it. I think it worked perfectly for what we did, but. I don't know. But we're talking about what Nash wants and Nash is Yeah, but what, what Nash wants isn't always what Nash gets. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's the answer. That, I think that's the answer to that. I don't know what else I'd want than that. Uh, next question. So will Kyle and Kristen name their next child Nash or Varel or Hope? Although Boot has a nice ring to it. And I just want to point out Stanley was not included. Yeah, in that's this weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no Stanley. No. No Valir. None of it. No. It's a little odd, we isn't know, it? We know who this guy's favorite characters are, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? The names they'd be willing to go with for their child. Yeah. I've got a question off of this. What's uh what's Bo's favorite name he ever came up with? Because you have such a wild naming convention. I agree. Uh I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um favorite? I kinda like Tobacco Fleur. I know it, it sounds kind of it sounds kind of ridiculous and lame for a dragon, but that's kind of why I like it. <laughs> I can't explain why, but I was gonna back when I was working on like just soundtrack ideas, uh, way more ambitious than time to do it. I wanted to make a song called Tobacco, Some, something like something about Tobacco that had that as like the hook. I'm going to go ahead and I can't recommend. can't remember exactly how it went, but it was, it was genius in my head anyways. Before before the Ferg's answer, I would just recommend not naming your kid Tabacho. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Something a, about that not sit well. Just a thought. I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I've heard weirder things, so you got to do it. But I think, do, but. I think we, yeah, even I have a folder here where I was going to put the project file. It still exists on my PC. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean... I like all the names of our campaign, yours and our, mine included. I think, I think we've got a lot of naming talent for names here. So yeah, I agree. Uh, Rasfer to Tembesos was also pretty awesome. <laughs> nice. That was. You, do you remember who that is? Scott? No, I don't. <laughs> that, that, that was like episode nine or so, yeah. early on when Varel. Um, the goblins took over Dust Hill, and you guys came back up, and they decided to decide the fate of Dust Hill over combat, like like com- trial by combat, kind of. Yeah. And so Varel was the one for your team. I don't remember. And then they brought a red lizard folk called Rasphere Tutum. 
Rasfertutum Bezos. That's they right. They chanted, chanted it. it a lot. Yeah. And they chanted mm-hmm. Rasfertutum Bezos. Rasfertutum Bezos. Oh, now I can't even remember. Little you kid fixated. Nearly got killed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you fixated the on the Bezos. The ground. That's right. Part. Yeah. I got hooked on the Bezos, as you do. Yeah. Well, you know, let's say if you're going to quit the Bezos, do it gradually. I assume the Fergs already have a name, right? What are you guys doing? Have you, have you decided to be public about it or no? We keep it quiet. Okay. We, uh, th- there are some people, you know, that react to things in ways that, you know, that doesn't really bring joy. <laughs> when you're naming a child, yeah. the people you do tell secretly are the ones you know will be excited regardless of what the name choice is. That's true. Now, this is a smart choice. Yeah. This, is the, this is the right decision. And they, they explain this with the, with the previous kid. And my wife and I tried to do it with ours, and we failed. We we told a couple people. We we caved to peer pressure, and we told them, and they were all very nice. But you, they can be nice, but then you get this. You start getting suggestions, and it's like, well, yeah. If I told you that I had the name picked, and you're giving me suggestions, that kind of makes me feel like you don't like the name we picked. And now we're thinking about it more than we should. And so I think the you introduce people to the baby and this is their name. Like, I, I think that's the right call. Yeah, I think they have it right as well. I can't argue with that. Very yeah. Point. And then uh, Kyle described with uh, Flynn here. It was a really cool moment. I was so out of it because, you know, I had just popped the child and popped him out and everything. But mm-hmm. he got to tell the nurses our son's name like he was the first one who got to share that with everybody so i thought that was really cool something to continue yeah raise them in the air kind of everyone (laughs) behold my my son son. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome well i can't wait to hear don't have to tell anyone anything yet but i can't wait it'll be fun to hear yeah it'll be jesus chrome yep jesus chrome Pretty much. Nailed it's already it. signed. Yep. Signed and signed and dated. Yep. Uh, which one of your characters would choose to live off grid after you're done adventuring? Oh my gosh. I think that's Pharrell, right? <laughs> and then Nash too, kind of. I'm a king though. I gotta I gotta be king. I mean, he's definitely the like wander off if I'm gonna die dog type. Like he wouldn't die publicly. He'd wander into the mountains and do it somewhere. But yeah, he's he's got responsibilities, hopefully a lot of eggs and kids on the horizon yeah so this i don't know if this is a a question coming up because it's i I don't look ahead but i kind of feel like in in my head canon as if we never come back to these characters this is the story that will happen um stanley definitely turns into an off-the-grid person um he uses he uses wish one more time to fake his death and then he lives off the grid would it be soon after or would you spend some would stanley spend some time ruling I think he would learn that he didn't want to rule. Like, I think it's been in his mind ever since. What was it? Was it a spell or an effect? Or it was the it was the tentacle creature, right? That made him experience like what he really wanted. And it wasn't, you know, he spent so much of his life thinking that like the wasteland sucks and I'm I can solve the problem. I can fix this. And then I think in the back of his mind, he slowly began to realize that's not what he actually wanted. And I think that tentacle creature showing him just a quiet life with friends and family showed him that, okay, you want more than... That's not what you want. 
And so I think that ruling the elves would be something, I mean, unless that came with a whole bunch of other stuff that he felt he needed to get done, I think he'd probably get out of there. And I think likely, I think he would turn to hope for help. And I think he would uh, use her as sort of like the mouthpiece of, yeah, he's not around, he didn't make it. And then she would know, and maybe by proxy, a few other people would know. And then he would just kind of go off and do his own thing. See, see the universe. As long as you build that cage from enemy of the state. Yeah, can you work that out? <laughs> what cage from enemy? I don't know if I've seen it. I remember that the Faraday cage, right? Like yeah, the... where he's like he's like hovering off the ground so that he's like not touching anything, and he's got his super secret internet hookup. And... Yeah. Oh yeah, that that's you know if ever, if anybody ever needs him again, that's where he is. He's got a beard now. Going back to the Stanley facial hair. He's got a big long beard. Yeah, like you do. He's been locked up. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Would you guys consider going back to the Delvers storyline after the Waste campaign? Would really like to know what happened to our three heroes. Will they continue to be gold leaguers? The vampire nation still looms. And maybe they add another adventurer to their group. Oh, of course. Oh, interesting. Well, I love the Delver stuff. So my my personal take is I would love to visit there again. Um, yeah, I would too. I would play as a new character every week. Oh, we could oh, just wow. hilarious. every <laughs> every week. <laughs> I, I, maybe not every week, yeah. but my like experience the of Delvers. Wise? My first head experience of Delvers was just that I always was playing a character. So I'm like, well, you know, tradition. Would you do it like the doctor? Would you end up, you know, being a different oh regeneration? A... Yeah, oh, that's a good oh, that's idea. I actually really I didn't think of that, but I like that idea a lot. Dude, I could like... totally see you as a crazy Von Helsing mm-hmm. kind of a character oh, if yeah. it was a vampire campaign. Totally, like Anthony Hopkins Von Helsing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's Vampires the fun awesome. of it, right? Like, I mean, I I really personally enjoyed the the Delvers kind of egyptian underground super pyramid thing we did but i mean themed vampires oh like i i would just love to dm it like because you know you have all those different types you got the one that's all the spider lady you know you got the uh, you got the pure you know the super you know dracula kind of classic vampires you got the undead more you know skinny lanky vampire types there's just so many you've got the um the uh the art history major vampires. Yep, yep, yeah, the, the ones that you know draw yeah. in blood and <laughs> try to be all classy. Now there's so, there's so many uh, the there's so many different kinds of vampire bosses to design. It would it would be a delight to do for sure. Yeah, and would the player characters be vampires too? Like, I mean, you could become one over the course yeah. of it. That could happen. Yeah. That would yeah. be a fun twist for someone. Sure, all the strengths, none of the weaknesses. <laughs> Ooh, blade. Yeah. A blade. Oh, I, I like don't know. this idea. I don't know yeah, who would uh, I guess <laughs> Stan or not Stanley. <laughs> yes, Stanley would. Yes, yeah, Stanley. I just think not... about oh sorry. I just think about like all the campaign ideas that exist out there. I could theoretically play D D every day of the week, you know. And vampires needs to be one of them now. Sounds like a deal to me. Awesome. 
All right, Wizards of the Coast asks the TWBD crew for help with their new spell, the Lulzmatic Wall. Every lair introduces a new lair of mild inconvenience to an intruder simply for the lulz. What layers do you suggest? Oh my gosh. Lulzmatic Wall. <laughs> oh, this, you can't so this remember is like a, your passwords for this is anything. Like an in, this is an interview question. Kind Holy wall. And <laughs> you're applying for a job at, at Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> oh, the way I immediately took it was like, what's a weird, dumb rule? So it'd be like, you know, roll 8d6, re-roll on ones and twos, uh, double the dice on fours, um, subtract three from fives, and uh, sixes, add an additional dice and roll oh, that says, pile of dice wow. again. Mild inconvenience. Your palms no, I mean, are slightly like, sweaty. <laughs> like you're gonna get damage eventually. Like, what about what about one layer causes you to sneeze, the other one leaves your <laughs> eyelids open? Oh, that's right. good. You know, that's, <laughs> that, like, I think that's probably what they mean. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that's what they meant. Stinky. I've got I, mine ready. I've got mine. Okay, let's let's see, let's hear it. The Foley Wall. It sounds like chicken bones and mayonnaise, and it's very distressing. Uh, wow. yeah. Yeah. Have, which is how they made all the Zerg noises. And yeah. <laughs> you have to record it to dispel it. Oh, jeez. You know okay. what? Pretty like good, actually. That's I... Uh, I think like a great outer layer, like the inconsequential layer that like doesn't really matter, is that uh, the next thing you look for is not going to be where you think it is, but it'll be in the second place you look. Oh, that is the definition of mild is like different than mine. <laughs> no, no, that's really mildly inconvenient. It You're is. like, where's okay. my pen? Yeah. You look to the right. It's not there, but there yeah. it is to the left. Okay. I, I, that's Adds genius, a few actually. seconds to everything. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Okay. And then, uh, uh, what is Scott, you got one for no, our Lowell's Medic Wall? I don't have a good one. You've never been mildly inconvenienced? I mean, it's not that I haven't been mildly inconvenienced. I just can't think what the... Just on the spot like that. Yeah, I don't know. I can't um, think of one. Like, you know, another one might be... What's, what else is a mild inconvenience? Uh, the, your babysitter calls in sick. <laughs> like, um, uh, yeah, people will want to make plans with you, but only the day before whatever the event that's is. Pretty, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty That's good. a curse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to think about this curse. a lot because I uh, I used to have like, I don't, I never did anything with it. So I can't claim like it's my own creation. But I used to think about an X-Men mutant and their mutant power was to cause mild inconvenience. Wow. And that that was just, you know, like they have they have mutants that give bad luck. This was sort of the same principle. It was just they whatever. Whenever they activated their powers, the person would be mildly inconvenienced in some way. My you know, Mag Magneto stands up to deliver a big speech, but he like is standing on his cape when he goes to stand up, and he kind of jerks himself and looks stupid as he as he goes to stand. That sort of deal. <laughs> yeah. Nothing made me more mad in X Men than Cyclops's little brother could shoot lasers out of his hands. Yeah, <laughs> at will. Yeah. Like not even with like gloves on. That annoyed me too. <laughs> that was too convenient. I didn't like that. How about wall of teeth? And you have to floss them to make oh, them go away. Oh, every one oh, of them? Oh, that sucks. Oh, yeah. and some of them are really tight and like hard to get between it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. All right. You know what? That's a that's the one. I think I think the mild inconvenience should also unbuckle your belt every you know, every time you pass through it. Like if you try to go through the wall, it 
Just your belt unclasps. Nice. Oh, yeah, and you could tie your shoes to that one, too, or your shoes Mm. are untied. Like, any clasp you have is slightly undone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A danger of coming loose. And your your glasses get dirty. <laughs> oh, glasses. You accidentally touch your own glasses. Like uh, it's just guaranteed. Uh, so, a fingerprint on your glasses. All your shoelaces become those round ones that don't really stay tied. Oh yes. yeah, you're gonna be dealing with that the rest of the day. Yeah, that's very inconvenient. I'm just gonna say it. Good. For everyone, how many different characters do you have floating around for future campaigns? Anything new you've seen or heard about that you want to try? I have three currently in mind, but they're not fleshed right. out at all in my head. They're just well. Let's there. hear them. Let's hear the rough draft. Well, I want to. Well, does this count stuff we've played on one-offs and other stuff, or or probably new is what he means, right? Uh, it just says for future campaigns. I mean, I'd love to bring. Okay, so I still have Hack Loman, and I still have um, uh, what the frick's his name that we did for John's Garpoon. Uh, I I'd love to use those guys again. Garpoon was great. Garpoon's yeah, Garpoon's amazing. I have a um, a fighter named. Where's I'm trying to find my list. Oh, I got a fighter named Gus. <laughs> it's I like that. <laughs> It doesn't really mean much yet. I got one named Doug. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the ones I really have like in my head, like I know what I would want to do with them. They, I guess they're both fighters now that I think about it, but it's, uh, but it's those two. It's Hack and, and Garpoon. I love those guys. How about everybody else? I think I in the in the early days of the campaign, I sent I Bo and I would just talk about stupid character ideas a lot. Dying Talus was kind of born from this, where uh, one of the ideas was a character who on a it was going to be on a dice roll. You either had the good personality or the evil personality every after every long rest. Mm-hmm. That eventually led to the idea of Dying Talus. Um, but there was another one that was like the idea was like Kenny from South Park. The idea was that it was somebody who had been cloned many, many times and they were always going to be real low level and compared to the rest of the party with the idea that they would probably die over the course of the adventure. But then a new one would show up um, shortly thereafter. And whenever one died, they retained the memories of the other. And their one goal was to continue whatever the mission was of the previous one that had perished. Wow. Um, so that was fun. Uh, I did get to play my favorite idea for Kyle's holiday one, which was the um, kind of the cowardly character possessed by a heroic spirit and use the I don't remember the name of the class, the the like one where it's shadow, it's shade fights for you um, while they just cower in the corner and, and hide. And I really loved that. I would love to play that again because that was super fun to play. Hmm. I, I don't do this at all. I, I don't make characters that aren't going to be in games. You know what? That's probably the wise thing. A, you don't waste a bunch of time on a thing you may never, never may never play. And uh, well, let me ask you this: When you'd play something like I don't know an MMO or um, any game where you do character creation, do you spend much time in there? Or do you go whim bam boom I'm out? No, I, I spend a lot of time doing that. Um, I definitely build a backstory, but it's more 
Oh, it's actually so it's a DM thing. Like for me, anyway. Like I've had too many DM games where someone is slamming that square peg in the round hole mm. kind of thing. That I made a pirate that dual wields and refuses to leave their boat. And I, I'm, I'm like, this isn't a pirate campaign. <laughs> I have no boats. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but I'm a pirate. So, you know, and it, it's just kind of, it's too abrasive. So I don't think it's rude at all for other people to do it. But for me, I'm like, I, I want to know the DM's world. I want to be a part of that. And when I make the character, I want it to be very custom to what they're doing. Yeah, also, there's wisdom in that for sure. Also, I think there's yeah. just heartbreak. Like, you know, I don't want to make something so awesome and then not have time to play it. Sure. Have it eat at me. Yeah. There's wisdom in not being too specific about what you're creating in terms of a character, which I think you've all said here, like, yeah, I got a fighter. I don't, you know. <laughs> if you if you get really specific about backstory, it can it can mesh it can fail to mesh with what's going on, you know. Yeah. That being said, um, I always like trying to play an actor, so there's always an actor waiting as long as the actor feet is still in the, the rules of dungeons and dragons <laughs> I, i'm always the number one choice is always like but can i solve this fight with acting you did that in um wasn't he an actor in the delvers campaign who yeah. no we oh no we did it in the, the um, christmas special i think oh, it, yes i think oh, it was right. a christmas <laughs> which which wasn't like that was it was a weird personal journey for all of us. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was good though, but it was <laughs> that was a great adventure. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, yeah, that, that, that was John DM, was... right? Yeah, yes. that was my yeah. first DMing. That was your first DMing ever. Yeah, yes. I'd never done it before. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think we all did well. <laughs> yeah. That you was know, it was you weren't there, Scott. You were pooping. Yeah, I was pooping. That's right. Yeah, you, were, you, had <laughs> the the whole you literally had the poops at that. Yeah, That's no, right. it was fun. It was fun, but it was just it was a good experiment. I it's a good great memory. I just uh yeah, that's where I tried to be an actor, but then I'm like, I'm being myself, I got a little confused and overthought things. But, but in the um, Delvers, weren't you an actor? Wasn't um Yeah, I don't know was... if I took the feet, I was a newspaper man. No, but the, one the, before the that. wedding at the, the wedding. yeah, the wedding the guy crowd, I thought the, was an actor. Yeah, famous, the halfling wedding. The famous oh, lesbian. I, the great Dauphant. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Um, I can't remember. I, I might have taken the acting feat, but I don't. I thought maybe I was just known for being a big wizard. Like it was more that I was reputed you, wizard. How do you remember yeah. that? That's crazy. All these character names just pop into your head. Chris, you Dauphant. ended up helping create a long run character, Mister Goodwine. And he yes. actually had a very deep <laughs> arc with, uh, with Scott's character down the road. I think about Mr. Goodwine more often than I should. Yeah. <laughs> it just pops into my head every now and then. I'll just think about him. My friend, my best friend. <laughs> my friend, he's my best friend. <laughs> it basically ruined hear hearing anybody say my friend or my best friend. And I can confirm the great Defont took the actor feet. Oh, okay. Okay. It's po yeah, it's possible because I, I did want to be like a celebrity, like a celebrity wizard. That was that was the idea. I know you helped uh, create a a character that worked into Splendor Belt's story and and caused him great emotional distress yeah, down he's, the road. It's a pain in the ass. That character is my memory. Yeah, but I'm I'm always game to. I, I'm still I still haven't had the perfect actor experience in a campaign yet. I think like just and that it's not a reflection on you or DMing or other players. It's just uh, the perfect like character sort of 
you know, the, uh, it's like, it's like you're, you know, you're constantly mining for a, a good victory in like a card game or something like that. I'm just like, oh, there's, there's gotta be this epic moment where acting defeats a dragon and this or something like that. Like, you know, I'm just like, I'm still sort of looking for that, uh, looking for that epic tale, Epics. I suppose. Yeah. Just that, just that epic tale where acting say, but I don't know why I like that. I just find it fun. Is it hard ending this chapter of the story and moving on to new worlds? And what, if anything, have you learned telling this story? Will you bring it to the next? As well, will there be a place for guests for one-offs? Um, I guess I can start with that one. It's it's definitely hard. I, I never want to end. I'm really invested in this. I think there should be comic books, anime, movies, <laughs> all kinds of like. There should be people out there going like falling all over themselves to to give us contracts to make awesome material out of what we've made <laughs> in my opinion mm. um and i love it that much it's not just because you know i think i should just get stuff for free it's just i've you know we've all put a lot of energy into this and i think i think i want it to continue i love all of your characters they're all unique creations that like have a place in my heart like that just exist as those characters that are unique and not findable anywhere else and um yeah so i know i will miss it and it, it was difficult to end um what's your favorite thing that feels like wizard stole from your campaign even if, well, whether, we, whether we can prove it or not oh, let's, let's not waste time on that all right i want to know <laughs> like, i want to know like if you what are you more bugged by and not you know whatever they uh, i'm not like i'm not that bugged by it i like to make it bring it up dramatically because it's fun to do but you know it's fine it's, you just gotta take it as flattery i suppose yeah yeah all right but um if i see a chicken speaker then then i will uh <laughs> then i will know but all right it, no but um for the other question what have i learned i mean i think telling this story I don't know. Like I, I've definitely learned lessons all along the way, but it's also a little bit different of a beast as we're trying to do it on some level for the entertainment of others. And that sort of affects how the game's played because every game is uniquely its own. It's unique people, unique themes. So you can't really just wholesale apply all lessons you learn in one context to another one. But, um, you know, I think, uh, I, I think a little bit more for me, it'll be about, uh, pacing satisfying arcs shorter like it's fun to have a sandbox but it, the the context of quests and open-ended questions got very wide at a certain point once things got cosmic and uh i don't know i don't regret it but you know i'll just be thinking about that next time <laughs> sure anyone else <laughs> i think that's a, a really interesting comment because our it's different than the home game because as a actor in a show, you want to say yes more than you would at home. Yeah. And you want to pour over the map less than you would at home. Like there were so many cool things on your sandbox map that I wanted to go see. And there's so many times I wanted to show up to the, the play session and just whip that out and be like, where are we going everybody? But that's not how a podcast or production kind of works. It's more linear in that way uh also because you're not like playing for eight hours straight and like having a having a movie lunch in the middle of it and hanging out and 
yeah you know, people people wander off and that's like that's okay we'll see you later we'll keep going without you yeah. like it's yeah. just a different beast yeah yeah I, I was used to previously my sessions being you know six to eight hours they were once a month let's say or once every two weeks at best but still just um the the there's a there's a period of an hour or, or so where people are just getting into the zone doing it so if you're doing like a three-hour show there's like an hour of who's this guy and what's the context like you know everyone's kind of Everyone normally in D and D's are settling into playing. There's like a time, like there's a like a thirty minutes to an hour of just talking because you're friends and catching up. Then there's an hour of settling, and then something interesting happens, and everyone gets invested, and then that's the next three to four hours. You know, like there's a kind of a, a, a cycle to the to the hanging out of with friends that was very truncated, and sometimes it felt like we weren't really getting started till hour two. You know, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it was time to wrap up the show. So I would think about that when planning, like if it was like, we're doing three hours again, I think like keeping the scope of things to remember, like the dramatis personae or whatever was so wide. Like I made a list. It was like two pages of just the main characters and it didn't include everybody. And, you know, I know it, but it, I never expected the players to know it because... I'm spending all week, you know, not all week, but I'm spending time working on it. But it's, you know, that's why Scott's like, how do you remember all these names? It's like, well, I have a list of names that I would review every week. And, you know, like, look, cards. like I'd, <laughs> I'd be studying to prepare for my show. So I, I need to know because I, you never know. Some A player might just say, well, out of these 126 characters that exist, let's go visit this character we haven't seen in three months. And, you know, so I just felt like I had to be aware of of a lot of moving parts. So I, I keep that, like, I try to narrow that, I think, in the future. Awesome. Since four of the five main cast have podcasts about what video games they're playing outside of D&D, <laughs> yeah, what is up, that Chris? fifth We're member coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my solo show. Yeah. Lord help me. Yeah. I've got two kids. <laughs> 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 that's a podcast sure sure uh can i say a homemaker simulator except it's real life if you fail yeah. as a homemaker <laughs> i recommend it to scott he loves chorecore yeah it's good stuff um i have gotten to play some video games so abduction was uh made by the team that did mist and all of that and i love those puzzle games so that one was really comfy and then i just started up amnesia rebirth which is hilarious because they're trying to do the spooky stuff and i've played through the first amnesia and i've got a little toddler who may need me in 15 minutes so i'm like all right get the spooky stuff out of the way i gotta go 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 (laughs) (laughs) so it's far less scary i think than it it should be Yes, yeah. yes, you're very scary. A baby needs me right now. <laughs> yeah, you're slowly standing up. The music's going. The sound effects are great. Let's go. I'm very frightening. Yeah, that game. Uh, I can't do those amnesia games. So I'm, I, I, I respect you and your ability to do those. Those are really scary. I'm happy to hear abductions good because I want to play that because I love the Miss series. So oh much. yeah, you'll love it, and it's really nice because uh, you can do free walk. You don't have to click to move your your character for it at all you can turn that option on but otherwise it's a wasd move which is really nice yeah. that's awesome that's that's exciting i Play, played a bunch of that as well know. i didn't finish i don't know it, if but... i bought it or not yeah. I, I know i it's always been on my list but i don't know if i ever actually did it i liked i got really lost in at one point and then just kind of fell off but 
it was very good while I played it. Yeah, super cozy. Very, very much like classic Myst. Yeah. Following the final scene of the five-year campaign, what song do you envision playing as the end credits? <laughs> I don't have an uh, answer for this. Something by Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> <laughs> like any anything that's ever uh, at a closing credits song, I immediately just. Uh, like back in time by Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was in so many formative movies of mine growing up that that was what played over it. That it's just what I think of as a you start playing some of that and it's either opening credits or closing credits to me in my yeah. head. I have a soft spot for all Huey Lewis music, so I feel this pretty acutely. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a good a good answer for that either. You know what? Some kind of hair metal thing. That's what I want. Just loud, you know, some kind of take me out, kind of like, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, what's a good band? Um, go with Dio, get some Holy Diver. Yeah, give me Holy Diver. There you go. Holy Diver. I'm in. <laughs> You've been gone too long, but you're not here. Yeah, you've, I've been convinced. Holy Diver's the answer. <laughs> Oh, there's a great um, cover of The Sound of Silence by Disturbed. Uh, that's a be. really good, yeah. Yeah, it depends what we're going for, right? Like nowadays, a lot of a lot of movies end with more of a party note. Like, you know, your, your trolls, your, uh, your kids' movies. Yeah. They want kind of a dance party feel when it's over. So do we want that or do we want something reflective? Like, you know, like thinking back on what was. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I I picture that last scene because the last scene was a uh, a Nash coming out of uh, was it a cabinet or a pantry or something? Right. And he he comes out and is like, "It's not over, Nash. There's a greater threat." <laughs> and so I think in mine uh, to to go with what I suggested, I, I think the way it would work is the camera would pan down, and the true reveal wouldn't be that there was another Nash. It would be a empty container of pixie blush on the counter implying that nash is on drugs again great and then it would play it would play uh, huey lewis in the news i want a new drug and that would be the end that's how that's how we end it (laughs) wow that's i would i can't argue with that yeah that was a great moment when you did drugs that was awesome yeah drugs are Um, good (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's an official DM answer, which would be Jesus. I know it's lame because it's my own music, but it's Jesus Chrome walks the Silver Road. Nothing wrong with that. You worked hard I, on that. Yeah, I linked it. If you want to play it, Sebastian plays. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> we can we can play it. Now. It should be just. It should just start. You can just play two seconds of it. Don't have to do a whole bunch. But uh, go to the Bo Schwartz channel and find the fan art monta- montage, and you'll get the song there. Here, I'm pulling this up. Let's just play. pretty good but here's the deal do the pop song like the movies do you do a pop song first and then later in the credits this stuff kicks in right yeah yeah this is like yeah i looks the campaign always had an 80s vibe to me so i I just like the the heavy electronic okay so so there it is so we got to come up with the like uh virgin records disney has to promote their new band doing a cover of a song that was in the show yeah I like it. Like a, there we like that, go. That yeah. horrible, horrible Aladdin ending song. Yeah. 
You get like Shakira to sing. What was the song that the troll would sing as he was running through the caves? Isn't there a troll song? Oh, I am a king from. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) you just get some pop star to sing the king song. I am a king. (laughs) Yeah. I like now it. Now, except because it's a girl, you change it to I am a queen, right? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. true. It's pretty good. Yeah. We can and have Bo did... sing it. Bo could sing like you did the TMS intro song. Remember that? Oh, Bo? yeah. You could do that. Uh, Kristen's the real singer here the t- with the talent, <laughs> but I will sing if we're going for the memes. <laughs> I wish I could find. Where is this? Uh, hold on. Oh, the I got another one. Another one that would be in the credits for sure. There is actually a song called Lemon Tree. And it makes it into a lot of my playlists simply because of its name. And I do, I did oh, end Beatles. up kind of becoming a fan of the song. Um, but yeah, there's a song called Lemon Tree. Oh no, and I feel like that should be in there. Hmm. Sorry, you're talking about an actual Lemon Tree song and not the cover Kristen and I did? Uh, right, there is a, but that should also be in there. But yes, there is a real song called Lemon Tree. By who is it by again? Uh, let me see. Huey Lewis? Well, now I see a bunch of them. It's not by Huey Lewis. Is this it? It's well, it could be. the one I'm used to. Hold on. Well, I see Post Malone did a song called Lemon Tree. Uh, it's by Fool's Garden. Mm. Lemon Tree by Fool's Garden. That's it. And it's good? I yeah, think it's this, not bad. It's not, I I mean, it's not great. Be... It's not going to be your new jam, but I listened oh, I like to it, it because of the name, and I was like, I like this song. This is fine. It's, yeah. I... Th- I think it would be in the movie. This is a montage song. Hmm. Don't you think? Yeah. Okay. Sign me up. Is, is everybody just listening to it quietly yeah. on their own? Because we don't want copyrights on anything. Yeah, like, yeah. Everyone's like, all right, weird. we're just going to listen to this privately. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's, that's decent. I, yeah, that's Wasn't Lemon Tree to the tune of Let It Be? Yeah. Lemon Tree? Yeah, it was. Right? It's my memory. Yeah, yeah. yeah we uh, a listener did the lyrics to it, and it was great. That's on your. I think it uploaded on your channel, Scott. On your YouTube channel. Is it somewhere. on there? I don't know where that is. I'm yeah. looking right now. You haven't, you haven't seen it in a while. No. Well, it lemon be... tree. There will be dungeons. It doesn't even show up. Hang on. Why not? Come on. Oh, let me go. Lemon tree, Scott Johnson. How about that? Yeah, do that. Don't look for Lemon Party, Scott Johnson. It's very different. There you go. Okay. Uh, Is it in there? I'll play a little bit of it. Okay, we've we got go. a sweet video. Glad you found it. Did I? Oh, yeah, there it is. Look at you guys wailing. <laughs> That's so great. I had forgotten about that and completely. So I'm glad you brought that up. That is awesome. Yeah, no, so I, yeah I thought often about soundtrack. At one point, I wanted to make an entire soundtrack, but I just didn't have time. I was very disappointed. I never got that done. But I had a song for everyone. Scott just only got his song. Yeah. But unfortunately, it happened when he met. The disappointing the fish god he was disappointed in. I feel like I feel like that, that really undercut. Oh, I didn't know. Song. I don't. I completely the same episode. that out. Yeah, I know. Um, I know because I'm like I really like that song I made. I made a whole theme song for your character. Um, and uh, yeah, 
it's not on the internet though, and I don't think I can upload it to without Nitro to Discord. Apparently, but, um... disappointing fish god completely wiped my memory of anything else around it. <laughs> yeah, but I had one for Hope, and I was going to make one for Varel called Scale and Bone. Scale and Bone. Hope's was just called Kill. It was going to be a metal song. <laughs> nice. And well, actually, you heard the beginnings of what I, I was. I know oh Nash Nash's theme was going to be called "I Don't Trust This Guy," but um, yeah, really, <laughs> yeah, I made a whole song list. I was working on projects, but I got really busy, you know. And it's it's not it's not like a snap your fingers make a song kind of thing. So it just fell by the wayside. I managed to get a few out there. the The principles theme, yeah, and all that. But yeah, anyways, they'd be all great for the movie in this question. Well, I love it. If if, if uh, who who do we want to direct the film? Um, oh, who would we hire to direct? Yeah. I, anyways, I would be more. I would ask to work as the soundtrack, as the you know music by. I would work on the music selection and have all your inputs, but make some of my own. I don't know who should we shout at. Dan Trachtenberg. He's doing a good job. Yeah, right now. great. There you go. Dan, Dan Tra- Oh, he would do it. So he good. would totally do it. He is, do does he listen? Maybe I should message him and tell him. I don't think he listens, but he's. I know him on. I I know him, and we've talked a bunch on Twitter. Yeah, I know he's like he's you know tangentially. I loved his Warframe trailer. Oh my god, it was such a good trailer. He will, and yeah, and his Portal thing's amazing, and Prey is awesome. Maybe like, if he Dan Trachtenberg listened to our show, he would become the biggest fan and then want to make it. I know he, he likes D and D. He wants an original IP. Like imagine, imagine a Dungeons and Dragons fantasy universe in cinema. Like that doesn't exist. It would be so cool. I just feel like what we've made here is like super cool. And if you're listening to this show, you are like one of very few select people that know about a secret thing, secret indie thing that is like legit awesome. And uh, anyways, maybe in twenty years someone will find it. And my guess is uh, Dan's probably too busy, but. I'm trying to think who's, whose style I want. Like, you know, I want George Miller because we have him. He's I'm actually sure all in directors our story. are busy. We're just wishing. Yeah. <laughs> We're just making wishes. You know, yeah, that's like, true. That's uh, true. Whose style do you like the most? George Miller. George Miller. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hands he's down. in the damn story. Yeah. So, or someone exactly. named George yeah. Miller. George Miller is easy pick um, for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Can we like that. go like over? Because I mean, just Bo's like descriptions of any death. Get John Carpenter. Get get out the yeah. you know. Let's do it. Make it viscous. Make it get the KY jelly out. Like yeah. Or <laughs> I'd say it's too bad James Gunn took over DC instead of taking over this. You know, he's gonna so yeah, take- James Gunn would have been a good choice too. <laughs> I his, think he's his in the style line. would have yeah. uh, would have meshed really well. Yeah. Yeah. We directed like- Conan the Barbarian. The new one or the old one? The old one, the um, original. The I don't original. think the second one was the same guy. Conan. John Millis? Is that right? I saw this in for film. Oh, yeah. They did the Dirty Harry movies and uh, Apocalypse oh. Now. Yeah, he was. Well, he didn't direct that, but he was. He wrote it, I think. Yeah, he wrote oh, it. He, oh, wow. He wrote it. Oh, nice. Yeah. But he also wrote Red Dawn. Yeah. Uh, didn't direct. He wrote more than he directed, but let's see. Directed. Oh, he did direct. He wrote and directed Red Dawn. Uh, I think like when. Oh, yeah. sorry. While you say that, though, I have a number one choice, and I think that's the Russo brothers. Oh, that's cool. Maybe just maybe it would be easier to get just one of them. You know, <laughs> just, just one of them. Russo or, no, I want both of them. I want. We're both. not greedy. We just we'll take one. Yeah, just one of the Russo. One Russo, please. <laughs> or get um, Sean Gunn. You can get 
uh, what's his name's brother, Earth. Sean Gunn. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, not. I doing think there's anything. a lot of. I think there's a lot of names out there that would. I don't know. Could make something special with our material, and it's in line with it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, or you know, TV series. Let's get let's get to Vince Gilligan on this. He's he's good with desert TV shows. <laughs> well, speaking of TV series, the next question is: Who would play your character in the HBO adaptation of The Wastes? Oh, I like oh, this question. HBO. This is a fun question. Yeah, so mm. let's go with first season where they actually pop out the money to get some <laughs> actors. <laughs> Not that the other people aren't actors, but you know what I mean. Oh. First season is usually star-studded. Then they kill those characters, and then you bring in a whole slew sure, of Sure, no. They've been working on the Oblivion model where, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the Elder Scrolls where you kill off the great actor in the first five minutes and then barely have Sean Bean in but, it. But but that great actor for this would be like the Hillmaster. It would be the NPCs, right? For the story. Yeah. Hillmaster oh. would be like Jeff Bridges, but oh, he's only go. there for one episode. Yeah, exactly. to get people watching. So then yeah. we can't say who would want because these would be no names, you know? They'd, well, they'd be think of, up and coming. Think of like a John Boyega, maybe like level, like somebody who's younger, who's got a rising star, looks interesting. I would go with Evangeline Lilly. I really like her in the Ant Man and Wasp yeah, movies. She's awesome. I think she'd do great. She is great. I like her a lot. The uh, I think I'm skewing too old for Stanley, but um you know, his his voice and persona was a little bit based on Walton Goggins. Um, who I, I think is definitely too old and doesn't quite have the look anymore to pull off Stanley. I think also, Stanley is too pretty. But when oh, I couldn't oh, remember sure. what Walton Goggins' uh, name was, I looked up the justified IMDb, and this is another case of he's probably too old now because I'm thinking Point. of him when he was younger, but Jeremy Davies actually has the perfect look for I Stanley. Look up, I, could see um, that one. I could see that one. That's pretty good. Oh okay. my goodness, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. he's too old now, but a, a younger him was definitely has the look and style of You're just of picking Stanley you're Jones. just picking all everybody from the Justified cast. Is what well, I mean that's I had that IMDb up to find Walton Goggins. I love it. I, love it. <laughs> I I think that that's uh I think that's where that came from. All right, who's Varel? Sit, I don't watch a I feel like it would be a WWE up-and-coming actor i just don't know any right like right but i mean well we also could do you know do you do puppet animatronic do you hang on animatronic varel or cgi varel right does he get jar jarred or does he end up like getting uh, a full treatment i mean a full like mask when i picture the movie i picture like we get you know it's just wish fulfillment i'm like we have a crazy budget and we get the best animatronics team that exists and he's yeah i'd go with animatronics Yeah. yeah i would hope so or is it more like um a TMNT hybrid, suit. Like, they take him down to more of a like rep. He's less reptilian. He's more just kind of scales <laughs> on his face. No, I think oh, you need no, no. contacts. I, I want because yeah. what's really important to the character is that your eyes don't look forward there on the sides. So I don't, I don't want a human scale face. I want a real lizard. No, I agree. I agree, and that's the thing. You need that. You need that body. Like, um, I mean, clearly there's been quite a few um, since we started the campaign. There's been the whole Guardians of the Galaxy thing with what's his face, uh, Batista. Yeah, and he's too old yeah. now. Like he's you know, and it, it's a bit of a different character. Like I think of, uh, he would have been like he was really almost just getting going in 300, but Michael Fassbender in 300 was oh, like a no shit. name in the background, and now he's a huge deal. But back then he had a very very cut, otter body, of just uh, 
you know, muscle, very sinewy. I, I think you get Benedict Cumberbatch to do VA, and it's animatronics. Because that's the oh. dissonance. Is you, you had a very, you were, you were a rough, savage beast, but because of your educational background, you, you actually had a very, like, your, um, your, what do they call it? Like, your dialect and your tone. Why, what wasn't haughty toddy British, but it was well spoken. So we want someone who enunciates clearly and with force, but isn't necessarily gravelly or, you know, hello, governor, like nothing like that, right? No guttural dialect from any anything we'd know. I feel like Benedict uh, Cumberbatch is kind of your man. He did, I mean, he did quite gruff on the dragon, right? He can do it. You know, I'd be interested to hear do that. And I don't think I've ever done anything like that is David Wenham. He's, um, He's the voiceover for 300. He's also the bummer oh. son. Oh, in yeah. yeah he's very, oh, he's I love that guy. Not Boromir, yeah. but his brother, Faramir. That guy. Yeah, Faramir. Yeah. He's yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, if we were doing separate body from voice acting, because I don't I don't know if he has the voice or the acting for it, but if you want to look at a, what I would picture Varel's body, do a search, speaking of WWE wrestlers, look up Bobby Lashley. The, this to me is is who you get to portray the body of Varel. Oh, oh sure. sure, yeah, yeah. that's okay, a good choice. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm into it. And then maybe you know maybe somebody else to do the voice. He has a really but, fair face. Like his body screams, "I'm going to tear you apart." And his face is like, "You want to come over and hang out?" <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And by all accounts, a very nice guy. So I think it, it fits his personality, but yeah, he, he does have the look of "I will destroy you with a flex," like yeah, possibly yeah. the world, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. No, there you go. Up and coming uh, wrestler for your body acting, perfect. Maybe even voice. I don't know his voice. I feel like Nash would be horribly miscast. <laughs> oh, There's I've got. I have a guy. Yeah. I got a dude lined up. You want to know who it is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So you're not gonna know him because he's relatively obscure um but he's blowing my mind right now in something and i so i'm going to use him because i think he's perfect this guy's name is rosif sutherland he is half brother to Kiefer and his twin sister so donald sutherland's other son from a different marriage i'd never even heard of him rosif r-o-s-s-i-f and he's in this season of the handmaid's tale he's this brand new um uh, he's one of the eyes up in uh, that. That's uh, you'd have to watch the show. But anyway, oh, I've seen this guy in things. Yeah, he's um, awesome. He's in charge of of what's her name right Sutherland. now. I didn't know that. Yeah, and he's so cool. He's broody, a little goofy. Um, he's in the Expanse. That's where I saw him. Yeah, he was in the Expanse. You're right. Um, I forgot about that. He totally was. Uh, he was Neville Bosch in that only a couple episodes, but he's very, very cool. And I think he would fit Nash perfectly. So, and he'd look oh, great a- with like scars and one eye and all that. He, he could pull it off. He's one of my favorite bad movies. Timeline. Oh yeah. Timeline's <laughs> real bad. I love timeline. Timeline's so bad though, dude. So oh, bad. speaking of like, if, if we're going back in time, uh, what's it? Billy Connolly? That'd be a great Nash when he was younger. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, good. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's not bad. Um, but oh, yeah, he's he's right now. And if you, this guy should read books or or narrate something, he's got the most amazing voice. So yeah, I'm I'm all about no, the. I uh, like your casting. That's I think he would I think he would do well. He's, yeah, he's got an interesting voice too. He could do gruff, and it would sound really iconic. Yeah. yeah, 
I just feel like if if it was going through production, there'd be some nightmare where like Nash has cast Jared Leto or something. Like, (laughs) no, no, this is our our fantasy for Gary Oldman here. I think that would be. This is our fantasy. Everything's gone right. Everything's okay. Everything's gone right. Okay, cool. (laughs) They would do Nash wrong, no matter what happened. We'd fight so hard with production the whole way. You know, because if Nash isn't correct, then the whole thing exactly, falls. exactly. Mm-hmm. Nash yeah. is the comedic relief, but he's also the heart. You know, you gotta the balance. That's right. Because yeah. <laughs> you you can see the miscasting being like Jim Carrey or something, right? <laughs> don't do that. A professional Jeez. funny man, Nash, and like no, 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 no. It's a her- terrible idea. Don't put that. Don't put him in there. Yo, I think Jack Quaid could be Stanley Billings. Yeah, you can pull now, it off. He's a little goofy. I think but... that's a good or the dude oh, who plays okay. Frenchie yeah. even. I don't know if he could do the voice. Like I don't know how much Frenchie is Frenchie. That's how good he is. I don't think it, French but... is French at all. Frenchie, rather. I think he's taking it, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure. But both of them have the look for Stanley. Actually like the Karen Fukum Karen what's her face <gasps> you know? could play Hope. Ooh, uh, should be rest, a good hope. Yeah. Rest in peace with Bill Paxton as Nash. Yeah, Bill yeah. Paxton could have done that. Could you imagine? Sure. That, yeah, would, that would actually be super good. <laughs> yeah. Wait, since they argue all the time, could we just recast Face Off as Stanley and Nash? Sure. You have my permission. <laughs> yep, yep. That'd be great. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Perfect. All right, uh, so I think we we've done it. it. Yeah, we've done yeah. it. We've done it. I don't know what else you can even do to make it better than that. It's amazing. Oh, I do. I can. I can do one last one up. We can cast Scott's uh, newest uh, man crush, Ewan Mitchell, as Stanley, and okay. really throw him for a loop now. All right, I'm in. Wait, who's Ewan Mitchell? Do I know who that is? He's, yes, because you post about him all the time on Twitter. Oh, oh. the guy, the the, <laughs> the dude, the dude from House of the Actually, Dragon. Yeah, he could be Nash. He yeah, could be Nash, he could. too. He could, yeah. Be Nash. he could be Nash, but I think he'd be a pretty good Stanley. He's Just... got one eye in House of the Dragon. He's already there. Yeah, I think he could be a Nash or a Stanley, honestly. Yeah. Maybe both. Oh, where my does gosh, the first movie get go. to? What, what, what's the first movie? Where's the end point? Oh, good point. I, um, liked, I sort of think, I've thought about this, uh, whether it's a season <laughs> or, or a movie, I think like the Dust Hill, like Dust Hill's one movie. Oh, like wow, it's solving yeah. the wall, going down into the dancing place, then it ends with the battle and meeting Bok Bok and, you know, running out. And then, you know, if that's just sort of its arc. And because Slave Town is this whole other thing, right? So that's got to be second season, second movie kind of thing. But um, yeah, I sort of think of like seasons like there's Dust Hill, there's the whole Slave Town affair, it's two. Then there's Caravalon, like that leading up to, you know, going to. Oh no! There's the whole Tiet Kala thing. That's like a whole season in itself. There's the Teat, yeah. and then then there's Caravalon. That's four, and yeah. there's uh, Sigil. That's five. You have big set pieces for each season. It's actually pretty good set up for that. So we definitely have to leave some stuff out, but that's sort of where I go. I'd also think that like because Planescape might be copyrighted material, I think about well maybe we wouldn't go. It'd be a what if after Caravalon where we stay on the Earth and there's a different thing that happens sort of there. Because, you know, Sigils, it's it's just, even if they were to say it's okay, it's so off the rails for probably a TV show. Like, why are we in this weird world? I thought I was watching Mad Max with dragons, and now I'm, like, in some weird... But, you know, if we were to do it the way the campaign would go, then, like, five would be Sigil and, and company, and then the finale would be back home, kind of, I guess. I think there's still probably not enough room for all of it, but... Yeah. 
Hmm. What do you guys think? I mean, as long as uh, squirts and chunks were basically Muppets from Star Wars, <laughs> <laughs> that would be my only demand. Like mu- Star Wars Muppet level. Okay, yeah, that's why I think James gonna be perfect for this. Like all of a sudden, there's this dissidence with nothing is puppeted, and then all of a sudden you have a puppet in the in the production. And I know he could do it. But Stanley's the one real person, right? When everyone's a Muppet, Stanley's the real person. (laughs) But I mean, it would be pretty funny, though, if Nash were the only real person. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually, I like that better. Although now that... And he's just getting madder and madder about all the (laughs) Muppets around him. He's just like, what do you look like that for? Yeah. Now that you mention it, though, I have a new regret is that we never... We were going through all the different planes and visiting places. We never went to a place where everyone turns is a Muppet. That would be a great little, like, you know, world. I'm all about like Muppets, you're, yeah. You're in, you're in Muppet world and everyone's a Muppet all of a sudden. I like a good Muppet. Yeah. So I'm um, out of Muppets, all right? the yeah. items you've had in the wastes, which one would you want to take into another campaign? And it doesn't have to be one that your PC had. I've got a feeling we're going to get the, the, the rod of... The immovable rod? rod? Yeah, that the immovable rod. It didn't last I, very long, but it was a favorite. <laughs> I loved the immovable rod. I still do. It's uh, wherever it is in a lake of oil somewhere. Uh, rest in peace, immovable rod. I used it a couple times to great effect, and uh, that item's fantastic. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that or diplomacy. I love diplomacy. Only issue with diplomacy is it's not incredibly useful um, for as cool as it is in my head. Like it just doesn't hold up statistics wise to what it is in in my mind, but I I love the idea of a flying rapier running around stabbing people. That sounds great. Jeez. I don't think Kyle can answer this question. He barely had any items <laughs> through the whole through That's five true. years. He didn't get a lot of loot. <laughs> His inventory was the leanest inventory I've ever seen. <laughs> that is true. But it doesn't have to be one that the PC had. It could be any. Oh, it could be any. Oh, I mean, just yeah. for my wall, the Beholder Tooth Shield. That was badass. Yeah, that mm. was very cool. Yeah. It was a good one. I mean, Beholder my favorite teeth. was the heart. I know yeah. it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> but everything else, like staff and all that, who cared? Plus one to this and that. It was fine. It was I don't fine. know. I liked your robe with all the galaxies on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Oh, the one with all the—I forgot about can the one. Peel with, them off and yeah, cast them. yeah. The pet, cool. the sticker cloak was pretty cool. I did like that. Yeah. Good point. That was pretty awesome. But the heart was the best one. Um, I like the ammo changing belt. That was a really cool way to add some strategy to the fights. With yeah, which ammo? Lot. I'm glad one of you. Well, I guess Scott did pick the dragon heart, but I am glad you picked that too. I spent a lot of time working on your artifact items. That one, I spent the most time probably on that ammo belt because they came up with eight different ammo types that didn't exist in the game. <laughs> they got to be balanced and thematic. Like I was like, I spent a lot of time on that. It was pretty fun. So yeah, that's a, I like Fox and Mulder. They're they're those are cool. That was pretty fun. I just think they're cool. Like that's why I made it. But it's just weird complimenting your own shit. Like it seems gross, but. Yeah. I, yeah, we compliment our children all the time. <laughs> 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 There's nothing weird about it, man. Uh, what, all right, Bo, what was the biggest curveball you got thrown? And what was the biggest thing the players missed slash skipped yeah. in terms of the prep you did? 
Uh, biggest curveball was, of course, everyone committing suicide at Caravalon. Because uh, that, that really threw the campaign. That was... I was giving an opportunity for someone to sacrifice themselves for another. Like, there's that key moment in Final Fantasy VII where Aerith dies. So I was engineering a moment like that where someone was going to make the hard decision. Um... And it, and I didn't anticipate that everyone would be like, let's all die together. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> like, let's do this. Um, and that, I had basically, uh, when that happened, I had no concept of Planescape or Sigil or any of that would be included ever in this campaign. Like, what to do when everyone dies. The whole idea that Nash might be immortal didn't exist up until that point. Um, giving it, giving the item new secret properties allowed us to continue onto the campaign because as as written in my notes, you all should have just died and that would have been the end of the campaign. But that just felt like a weird, weird way to leave things. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we played D and D and we all died in a laser, and um, so I found a way to to give it life, which was Varel um, survived the damage. And Nash was able to survive by virtue of his heart. Um, the biggest thing players missed or skipped. Um, what the biggest thing they missed? Yeah, so originally Caravalon was meant to be a stopping point further. Kyle was talking about the, the map further west on the map. Um, there was a mountain, like a Mount Doom kind of scenario. And I was going to have a big dungeon in there. I was working on that dungeon, and then they all killed themselves. So <laughs> that was probably the biggest thing they missed was, was, I can't remember the name of the mountain, like a Mountain of Doom. It was something pretty generic, but um, uh, I, had, I had a name for it. Yeah, that you guys missed that. Wait a minute. We spent a year in Caravalon. That was just supposed to be a stopover point? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's Dungeons and Dragons, so I'm, like, thinking of the next dungeon, and, you know, like... The the thing that again I was very I'm very um, firm in this lesson. The lesson is that you know we were only playing for three hours, and it was really hard to it was really challenging for me to wrap my mind around what's accomplishable in three hours versus a normal D and D session. Or you know I was raised on um, what are the what is I, I never played them, but I had those box sets of the Underdark. Like there was this giant one for third edition, I think or second edition that had a map that was the size, you know, it was a giant map, right? I'm like, this is now, this is a dungeon. It has 500 rooms in it. So, you know, like I was trying to, I think I was trying to navigate towards more dungeon crawling and Caravalon was meant to be like a first go at it, but that took longer than I thought it was going to take. And then we went to Sigil, everything changed. We weren't, you know, where am I going to put a dungeon in the other planes? Like things sort of changed, but um, yeah, that's the biggest part you missed. I think for the better. They can all worked out great. Yeah, but are you curious to know how your stuff you designed for that would have panned out? Like, I always worry about that—that that you're going to make a bunch of stuff that we accidentally skirt, and then you did a bunch of work for nothing. Uh, no, because you just save it for later, and it gets used in other places. So, I'm—I I'm, don't worry too much about coming up with dungeons because, if anything, it's just good practice. Yeah. So, it's—it's it's making like assets. Like, if I'm actually sitting down and drawing uh, out the maps in detail like obviously sketching a dungeon map is you know whatever it's a light activity it's easy but as soon as i start 
it's the shopping for art assets on level 20 and since I, that part was time consuming um but apart from that everything else it's like writers who write every day right like you might write three pages free writing and just throw it all out and it's fine because that's it's just you know or sketches you guys do you got a couple artists here if you're sketching it's not a waste right sure so, no no you're right yeah. you're right that's so, same, so I, most of it's the same deal the only part that where i get like cranky is when i spend because i've spent a lot of time shopping because i'm looking for the perfect assets and nothing's working out and i'm trying to compromise and hmm and ha and look at prices and it feels like the furthest i feel like i'm really far away from the actual creative process of of it when i spend a lot of time doing that and that's sort of what i don't like about vtt's so yeah but um there's some great tools where i can make my own maps that have dungeon alchemist looks is amazing I think if I ever run a campaign again, I'm just using that exclusively. Um, and that's fun because those are reusable and it's actually pretty quick and efficient to come up with maps because it has AI generation in it for populating rooms and stuff, which is kind of yeah, nice. That thing is cool. I can't wait to see yeah. what we do with it. Anyway, so I'm on a tangent, but uh, that's uh, it, the, the the Mountain of Doom. I can't remember what it's called. I don't have the map in front of me, but that mountain to the to the west. It was always about going further and further west. Or actually, there's another big piece of content you met, made. As I made a railroad track, like after you guys left Slave Town and went to the Teat, remember the principal came and wanted to start trade when you first met him? Yeah. And bring a railroad track. So I actually envisioned, that's not how the show goes, but I envisioned there would be like a railroad battle as you made your way to Principal City. And that's the biggest piece of content you missed was freaking Principal City. Principal City was made up of three spires uh, when they were named after, like, Index, Ring, and not Middle. Um, what's the other one? Oh, the Thumb. I think one of them One of them was the Thumb. And they had three spires, and I had Stratum in the spires where the different tiers of civilizations lived. The Lactids, you know, the cockroach people? Mm-hmm. We never lact- ran into one of those, but we heard about them all the time. There was one Lactid living in the Teat who was responsible for the underground pixie blush trade, which you, I, don't, I think you buried them. I think you ended up burying them without encountering them during that fight where yeah. Hope got her rocket shot back at her by the monk. Um, <laughs> there was a Lactid work operating in the Teat. I don't think you ever encountered him, but there was an option there. Speaking of stuff you missed, there was an option there to you know, find him and break up the trade directly, I suppose, or, or do something about that. Um, that's where Pod would have, would have escaped from. But there was a whole civilization under Principal City of Lactids, and the Principal obviously worked with the Lactids, and the Lactids are cockroaches. They're resilient. They, they might even still be alive, even though um, Principal City blew up. But yeah, there was Stratum, and at the top, one of the top of the Stratum was the Arcanum Universalis, which is, uh, we didn't see this either, but it's a flying citadel, so it might have actually escaped Principal City and floated off somewhere. There's the Principal's Keep, and then there was Suburbia, which ended up in the solar mines. Uh, suburbia was at the top of one of the fingers as well. So I had a whole thing, uh, idea that you would go there and maybe join and get chromed and work with the principal, but also he would be an antagonist. But it just didn't work out that way. We went to, we went to outer space. Yeah, we definitely did that. So there's a lot that was missed, actually. <laughs> I could go on and on. Let's, let's, I'll, I'll, I'll hold there. That's a lot of info, so. And we want to get through all the questions. There's a lot of great stuff. And I have a few of my own. So. Oh, dear. All right. Yeah. All right, John, will your next character use the voice of old lady Martha? If not, I must insist it does. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it sounds like it's decided for me. It doesn't really 
doesn't really matter what I want. Um, I think the idea of an old character is kind of fun, but it is weird. Like to what Kyle said earlier is uh, it kind of depends on the context of the world. Like, why are your heroes becoming more powerful? If there's a story reason for that, then I think it makes sense to have like and it's a fun idea to have a, a little old lady that's being empowered by whatever's going on. If it's just the case of like combat experience, like then you do start to ask a little bit like, well, why is this was this little old lady suddenly channeling the powers of the universe out of nowhere um, as she travels with these people? But I, I think it could be fun. Like, I, I would never say no, but I, I don't think it's next on the docket for characters I make. No. All right. For the good of everyone around the world, Scott, what was your favorite rhyme you did for your spells? And congrats on getting Firebolt and Fireball the right way around in the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I have one. Well, none that popped to mind. I'm sure there's one I'd like over the other one. But I have to say, this is a good time to say this. I really like John. what John did to my last rhyme. And I can't even remember it exactly, but I was trying to say something, couldn't come up with an ending, and you had the perfect ending. And it made me laugh then and later when I thought about it. Do you remember what that? Yeah, was, I don't remember it. It was something about Planet Nash looking like a dick. Or... <laughs> yeah, something like that. And it, whatever that was, like I, I suppose I could say to this person, go back and listen to that episode or at least that part of it, and you'll hear at least the one that I think of as the most fond, fondly because that was really funny. I, Be, beyond that, I don't. I can't think of one in particular, uh, unless someone else can think of one. But I wish there wasn't so many of record, so much recorded time, because it would be great to go through and just clip out all the spells you can, all the magic words, and do a montage of that. I oh yeah, it'd be amazing, that, right? That, it would take so much time. It'd it's be like so three hundred hours of content to comb, comb through. Yeah, it's a lot. But uh, yeah, I can't. I just can't think of any because I made them all up on the fly and didn't write them down. So that's the problem is I don't really have a good like, you know, chronicle of, of the stupid shit no, I said. It wouldn't have been half as funny if you prepped them probably. Yeah, yeah. You know, like part of it fun. was just reaching for whatever words nearby and that that's fun. That's funny. Yeah, that was 100% from the gut. So, yeah. But if I were that person, I'd go back and check that one out because that one, that one was my most, certainly the most recent and probably my favorite if I'm, if I was to vote today. Uh, Kristen, roughly how much time on average did the recaps take you to prep and how did the premise come about? Uh, toward the end there, probably two to three hours max. And then I've always enjoyed alliteration and I especially like it in comedy films. So I thought it'd just be a fun way to catch everyone up quickly and lightheartedly on what was going on. Without getting too bogged down in, you know, like fantasy language and all that stuff. They really they really gave me a vibe, even though it was entirely your own thing of this Clone Wars narrator. Like Yeah, I really yeah. Like, but it had its own identity. Like it was like there's gonna be alliteration and it's gonna be like energetic and uplifting. And it was great. It was unique. Yeah, and um, originally I was thinking, um, <laughs> I love Shakespearean sonnets and sonnet structure, and I think it's a beautiful thing when people can pull that off because that iambic pentameter is just 
it's something else. So originally I wanted to do something that complex and then I realized I don't <laughs> I don't have time yeah. for that. So the, sil- uh, the syllable part is the time you're like exactly. I-, I like the sentence but it's not correct. I went to the store to get the cheese. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it doesn't uh yeah. No, I I know yeah, you, you, that's fun. I, does anyone else here know about counting syllables aside from me and Kristen? I'm <laughs> just curious. Mm. It's a deep nerd. That's why I'm like, you know. But, right. Uh, and then where you put the stresses and everything. Yeah. And how you're measuring everything this... sound. And then you change the stresses in order to add emphasis somewhere that you you don't know, yeah. but your ear knows you did it. So, but it was like a whole, I did a whole, I read a whole <laughs> book on notation, like how to, like, when you're structuring it, like how to notate your text and do the sure, stresses sure. And stuff. Yeah. Anyways, it's, I would have loved it, but I can appreciate that that's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, because sometimes looking up um, uh, synonyms for words just to even find some good alliteration that can take a while because yeah, the word has plus to have alliteration a meaning. Pl- plus alliteration and syllabic rhythm, like oh my god. Yeah. yeah, it's a dream. That that's definitely a dream thing. That's certainly not a <laughs> every week popping it out kind of a thing. Uh, and then, Kyle, can we get all of the titles read out pretty please? Very well. Varel Rasphim Kurik, The Lizard King, Hero of the Waste, Hillguard of Dust Hill, The Lone Lizard, Victor of the Rusty Cage, Flame of the North, Drinker of Beans, Destroyer of Thailander, Arsonist of the Sapphire, Decapitator of Blunk Oliver, Slayer of the Metal Man, Boon of Fushi, Keeper of Grogil, Fang of Razak Val, Defeater of the Tyrant Beast of the Purple Sands, Creator of the Fate Five, Savior of the Waste, Survivor of the Beam, Lobotomizer of Dolopopio, Pro Player of the Mighty Squirts, The Gold Medalist of Smackums, Drinker of Ale, Defender of the White Tower, Victorious Rider of Elevators, Knower of Badass Tea, Vanquisher of the Demon Throne, Conqueror of the Airlock Vacuum Pirates, Hunter of the Great Elven Woods, Keeper of Stories, Butcher of the Barasaurus, Deceiver of the Cheater, Diantalus, Sailor of Space, Greatest of the Time Varels, Most Wanted of the Dread Pirates, The Victorious Dreamer, Entomber of the Maggot Lord, Cannoneer of the Principal's Face, Parter of Lasers, Survivor or Savior of the Universe, Slayer of the God Killer, Defender of Earth, The Contractless, the patient, the shieldless dasher, and witness of the last days of magic, and friend. Oh, I like that last Perfect. one. Man, that, that, I love reading that because the way those titles read out, it's like, like Barosaurus. I'm like, oh yeah, I forget about the Barosaurus, and yet that was a whole thing. Like it's a whole memory tied to just saying like a keyword from a thing. It's really amazing. The bears. I mean, that would could be a whole season just hanging out with the biodome. Oh hell yeah, dude! Hunting in the biodome. Love Looking it. back on the past five years, what are some of your most treasured moments, both as a player at the table and directly via your characters? Oh man, that's a hard question. I mean, my favorite moment in the game still to this day is sleeping that dude, and he fell out of his window and died. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That was a great time. <laughs> yeah. So your favorite memory is like a GTA sort of thing that happened. Yeah, it was very like uh, open world jank. <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure. Um my favorite moments are always when you like 
it's like the card drives itself. Like the DM structure is, um, I say a thing, uh, I prompt for action. You say an action, I deliver result. Like that's combat, exploration, interrogation. Uh, but the moments where all of a sudden I haven't said anything for an hour and everyone's just like caught up in role play. Those are like any time that happened to the show. Those are my favorite moments. Like I realized the DM, a lot of credit is given to the DM. Uh, it's your world. You make up all the stuff, but actually when I can just drift off and I'm like watching a TV show that you guys are making on your own, when that's happened, those, those are my favorite moments. And I'm just like, you, cause you guys are having fun. You're engaged, you're role-playing and, uh, it's, it's just, I, I love it. <laughs> it's beautiful. It was, it was a beautiful thing. And I've never had anyone do that. To the, I've never seen anyone do it to the extent that you guys did it. Uh, again, I, I don't really watch Critical Role all that much. They're the, like, I don't know if other campaigns do it a lot. I don't even know if they do that that much. But you guys, like, at some point, it felt like I was in an acting work, improv acting workshop, and not like you know, not watching, not playing D anD D. And those are my favorite moments. Yeah, I think for me, one of my, I mean, the first time that the game really felt weirdly magical and I don't I can't even put my finger on why because it's not like he was describing a beautiful place but when we went to the weir for the first time something about the way Bo described that that just like it hit me visually in a way that like you know people describe things in D&D all the time and it's just like okay yeah yeah there's something about his description of the weird that just like I was transported there and whether or not my vision matched what he was, you know, how he pictured it didn't matter. Like, it just was one of those rare moments where it was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in this place. And that felt really magical to me. So that was a that was a highlight um, to what Bo said. We did an episode where it felt like everything was kind of coming back around. And it was uh, it was an episode in the Biodome where it was sort of the party forgiving hope and hope coming back to the party. And it was a lot of just us all role playing, you know, after this like big reunion. And I think that will probably forever be my favorite episode of the show. Um, Cause it just, it felt real. Like it, it felt like, again, it played out in my, in my head like a movie and it felt, you know, just as compelling as anything I've ever seen on the screen. So I think I think those are probably my two biggest highlights. And one little special mention sitting on Diane Talis, knowing he was going to be a thing in the campaign. And the first time I had Diane Talis, knowing he was in charge, pretend to be Stanley, seeing Kyle's eyes like snap up at the camera and just knowing he had immediately figured something was amiss from like word one was incredibly funny and entertaining to me. Like you, you could not pull the wool over Kyle's eyes at all. Like the second he said something, Kyle was on it. And it just I, I got a kick out of that. And it has always stuck with me the way his, he just kind of like snapped to attention in that moment. Dude, that's it for me, man, was the entirety of um, Charlemagne's breakfast joint like just the in and out as we explored the team as we had our home little base uh we explored the city like getting to know each other's characters i think that was post uh what was that? in the mountains 
where I was fighting a, a bear, but you all were off. Yeah, murdering, murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, remember the oh, guy that you, you who is Stanley and Hope just kind of murdered a guy. So yeah. there's like this weird dynamic where <laughs> Varel was realizing he was the actual hero of the group, and you all were full of guilt, but you're trying to be heroes. And yeah, then um, Diantalus <laughs> got involved, and we went and fought a vampire, which is got to be my top three moments because we're all trying to not meta how to kill a vampire. Because our characters don't know what a vampire is. Uh huh. There's like wood slats on the wall. We it's, know we shouldn't pull off because yeah, our like, characters wouldn't pull them off, but there's sunlight there. You literally walk up to the windows and it's like press A, but you can't <laughs> because you know you don't know what a vampire is. So we're just floundering and dying. Uh, I think Scott missed that episode. I think he was uh, he had a bucket in the yeah he, he was he was pooping in a bucket. That was the start of Scott uh, Scott's character always pooping if he wasn't on the show. Man, That's what the he was one doing. the one time I think maybe twice, but the one time I remember not being there. I, the meme is I was shitting in a bucket the entire time forever. I was never anywhere but there. So if Nash was gone, taking a dump. That's what yeah. it was. And, and okay. it was the one time where your weird like pop culture knowledge would have been useful because the three of us are just fighting a vampire for the entire episode, <laughs> not knowing what to do with it. And you could have just been like, well, in Twilight, sunlight. Is <laughs> yeah, see, this is what happens. You leave me on the can. Nothing gets done. It's not your fault. <laughs> Man, and like any moment, um, Kyle has had so many like iconic phrases just over the years like the one i always think of all the time is that man has an immaculate buttocks <laughs> um <laughs> there's just there's been a lot of like immaculate varel take not immaculate um just unique varel takes and they've been i i will miss them if i don't hear i will they, we won't be hearing any at least for now so i'm like oh uh, I, I like your Varel takes on things, and I will miss Varel. Yeah, me too. For that, he's a great character. What about Kristen? Oh, uh, I personally really enjoyed all the times uh, we cooked together. But that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's just me great. personally. But like that kind of stuff, that hits home. So like, whenever the team would make a stew or something, it was always. It was usually really quiet. Not much was going on, but that's what I think made it so special. It was because it was just a time to everyone was doing something, reconnecting as characters because things are about to get real weird real fast. Kind of a a thing. Yeah, I, th th those were often the moments where the role play got got real good too. The downtime. Yeah. Like uh, remember there was the time in the mammoth during the sandstorm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, there was there was a time you and you and Scott or Nash and Varel were not Nash and Stanley were in the uh, the the black side underground. So it was uh, Varel and Kristen chatting over a fire. Someone even drew a piece of art about that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, it, there's there's so many like good moments like that. I agree. During downtime. or even just one of my favorites from the very early parts of the campaign, which was. Uh, Hope and Nash wanting to go investigate the weird temple and uh, Varel and Stanley staying back and Varel reading the dictionary. <laughs> Varel and Stanley just sitting oh, there yeah. reading the dictionary. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 
good one. Oh yeah, didn't he teach him shit? I think so. Taught him how yeah. to curse that day. A yeah. Bit. <laughs> yeah, something like that. While they're having this full-on adventure around like animated skeletons going through their day-to-day work, we're just out there, and Kyle and I, every time you cut to us, we were just like we were just coming up with something stupid to say that we were looking at and doing. A random question. Back in the very beginning in Dust Hill, Hope found a magic wrench that was discovered to be a person transmuted into a wrench. Was there a planned way for the party to turn the wrench back into a person? And if so, would they have been friend or foe? Um, no. I think that was, uh, well, nothing's ever permanent. Uh, Stanley does have a wish spell, but uh, there's no plans. The item was intended to, uh, you know, given that Hope was a mechanical uh, wizard, uh, was to give her, was to have her have an item that, you know, complemented that. That might exist in the Mad Max world, after all. Cars are rare and legendary and need to be looked after, so, you know, a magical item that does so seems to make sense. Uh, Besides a short interlude, you all managed to play the same characters for the whole campaign. Did you have backup characters in mind if something more permanent happened? Yeah, that's what Hack Loman was. Um, I hung on to him just in case. I even drew pictures of him, all his stuff. So he was always there. But I don't know if anyone else had backups or not. Uh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a, a paladin named Thundarius Cockering. Nice. <laughs> that's a great name. <laughs> It, I think inspired by on, you and your naming convention. Yeah, you wouldn't pronounce cockering like cockering. You'd be, you'd be like cockering. Like it would exactly. be kind of off. Yeah, so the people would laugh and you'd be like, what are you laughing at? Like, that's my name. The, the cockerings were a bit of... were a big house. The cockering, big the cockering line has been... <laughs> that's so good. So we didn't know what was going to happen after we did the laser and I thought we were all dead. So I think Bo maybe even... Is cockering. I think you might have like teased us by like make new characters or something. I think you were kind of like, you were teasing yeah. out that. Yeah, that's well, I, I made I wasn't nothing sure. and Kristen made squirts. So two of us definitely yeah. made new characters. I was, I was I was definitely not sure what I was going to do. Like I was de- like, I was like, I guess make new characters. I just had to give you some instructions so that we weren't empty handed next week, but... I wasn't fully. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that moment. I didn't know what was going to happen. So, so Thundarius Cochran, Cochran, yeah. is, he's out there somewhere. I the made Thundarius. Uh, he's a he's like a class. I don't know what year it is anymore, but you, space rings, right? The this, the laser gun with the rings on the end and the big kind of Epcotty spacesuit. Mm. He was going to okay. be one of those. He's kind of a Buzz Lightyear type, or um... yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> Epcotty. <laughs> Yeah. All right. right. Which is based on, uh, oh, God, what was that horrible movie? Um, Oh, Flash. Flash uh, Gordon, right? Isn't that his name? Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon, yeah. yeah. I think that's great. That's really good, yeah. I would have liked to have seen it. I'm sorry we didn't get to see Mr. Cockering at work. Yeah, I am, too. The name alone conjures up images. Yeah. I never had a backup. The closest I got was uh, designing Dian Talus with Bo, but I never had a backup through the whole thing. Although it wasn't a backup, but the idea of nothing was not. I think you we were all kind of enamored because I think Kyle for a little time. No, you weren't going to play Lizard Folk. You're going to play um, 
uh, not an Aarakocra, but the uh, uh, the Kenku. Kenku. Yeah, and, and that Kyle was because Kenku and you were kind of enamored with it. Even I thought it was kind of neat, you know. Yeah, and I had I was really sold on doing it because around that time um, we did our our one shots, um, and sadly I didn't record them. I should have because they were all great. Um, but Bo, you and I did a one on one D and D session, and there was a Kenku in it. And I had so much fun playing that Kenku police right. officer yeah. in that yeah. one shot with you that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to do this. Um, I can't remember if your name was Officer Beak or something like that. I can't remember her name either. I, I don't remember but it, but it. I was, was so hiding drugs fun. from the officer. Yeah. And flirting with her. That's right. Like, uh, and I, it was such a good time that I was like, yeah, I want to play Kenku. So that's where nothing came from. But. Yeah, I <laughs> just thinking of that one on one session. That was ridiculous. That was insane. And we never recorded it. There's no way anyone. It was a crime. I didn't think they were going to be any good. And every single one of them was really, really good. Yeah. Well, you know, that's it'll be a memory I cherish with you for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just for us. If there will be dungeons were made into a video game, what would it play like? Like Skyrim, Mount and Blade, Divinity, an MMORPG, or perhaps something else? I'd probably go with the Skyrim layout, yeah. the open world. I like open world, fun. but I also kind of like a tactical pull the camera out and go, I don't know, Original Sin 2 or something, or Divinity yeah, 2. I just oh, want yeah. to make it. <laughs> but but the, the thing is, people in those games always want to play their own characters it depends if we're just you know saying you know it's just, it's more mass effect like these are your npc buddies or yeah i feel like in the spirit of the campaign it would be a video game that changed genres multiple times as you play it yeah so like at, at start at the start it's like an adventure game you know here's your party we're talking to them then all of a sudden you're in a driving game then all of a sudden you're in an action role-playing game um, then you're in a first person shooter at some point. Like, I just think it should, uh, I think it should be insane like that. I would put it full retro, like inspired by, uh, Undertale and stuff like that. Mm, okay. And like, and do the full, like, lemon tree kind of, that's when you power up. Lemon tree. Lemon tree. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like retro anyway, so let's do it. This is all going to happen tomorrow. All right, and then final question. It was a comic posted with the text Vorel and who else? And it's two candy hearts playing Scrabble. One says, I love relaxing and playing a game with them. The other says, their impending defeat will be bloody and righteous. I think that... I, I think we have a diverse cast of characters uh, for the, the Heroes of the Waste, but I think... Every single one of our characters, except maybe Nash, is the their impending defeat will be bloody and righteous. I think Nash is maybe the only one of the main protagonists that would be like, <laughs> I love a relaxing yeah. playing game with them. <laughs> well, also, Nash is the only one who demanded the card game with the, the old man in the <laughs> demon <right>. world. <laughs> Just likes card games. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone got a nice massage with the, you know, someone 
They're happy well, endings. Varel didn't. Varel just got a sandbath. But everyone got something nice and comforting, and you got an old man. I got an old man to play cards with. Play some cards. Yeah, it's just a card. You know, I don't know. I didn't have it. You got to remember, this is like Nash time when when his wiener didn't exist, really. Uh, we had, you had a great time at uh, Celibus Stump's place. Didn't you play cards in there too? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the slave that town was arc one was one of the funniest moments. Was him w- waking up the next day and Nash being bare ass naked, laying face down in the middle of the street in Slave Town because he <laughs> lost the duel with the jeweler that he shouldn't have been in to begin with, but he he just wouldn't let it go. Yeah. And he got his ass kicked. Yeah. That was so funny. I remember that. That was a pretty good time. I was, it was it, honestly, it was an amazing campaign, and we've had an adventure. I think literally like no other. I mean, I don't have time to check out other people's shows because they're really long, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I really feel like what we've done here is something unique and special, and you guys were amazing players that that allowed it to. To unfold the way that it did. Well, you were a great DM, of course. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a there's a certain creative edge to what you do that I don't feel like I hear in other people's campaigns, and I for one appreciate that. It meant we were like a little less strapped down by a convention, and I don't know, it just made it more fun. Yeah. So I have a question for you guys. Um, out of all the different NPCs I role played. Uh, which one was my worst? <laughs> oh, the, the fish bird, yeah. Fish bird, okay. Fish, fish, fish bird. Fish bird. Okay. Oh, actually, no, you know what? There's one thing, and I'm sorry to do this to you, Bo. Yeah, it's one okay. thing that I bugged me more than the fish bird. Uh-huh. I did not like you playing Diantalus. Oh. That, <laughs> no, yeah, that made me deeply uh-huh. uncomfortable every time because I was like, that's me. That's that's me. Yeah. And he sounded like Skeletor, and I know you oh, said you, it's because I can't do the voice, and I understand that. But, but I bugged so me you, so much. You hated it more than my dwarven accents. I love your dwarven accents. Oh, I guess they got better with time. I'm thinking like the first few months I did dwarves. No, I like really I like them when they oh, would okay. fluctuate between Scottish and Italian. Oh, okay. you're not like saying that. they're good. You're just saying you like them. Got it? Okay. Yes. I'm saying I like them. They did get better, but I I enjoyed them across the board. Like I think going for it, whether you land it or not, it, there's something to be admired with that. You know, like I would rather see someone like go for it and slip up and laugh and have fun than have someone not do something because they couldn't do it perfectly. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, anyone else? They're my worst role play. I think Stanley's is the most personal. I'm not expecting mm. that from anyone else. I uh, but... hated Walnut, but not because you did a bad job. I just, the character irritated me. <laughs> you the shit well, out of him. Yeah. Well, more than Tedna, I feel like I felt the most abused and bullied when I was role playing Tedna. Uh, Tedna's pretty <laughs> awful. He's the easy number three. And, for and, me. and I think what made it more genuine is I tried so hard. To redeem him multiple times throughout the campaign, <laughs> and no matter what, the party just decided. You know, I was, just decided. I, I can't believe you left him alone and Pentel. <laughs> you abandoned him to the world. <laughs> Dude, we we were so clear, and you put him in the bathroom of the fate. Three? Four? Well, I, I meant Four. to do like an Ahsoka Tano. Like when you first meet him, he's, you know, young and dumb and, and, and he has a cr- massive crush on Hope. 
But, you know, I was, you know, as the can- I sort of thought maybe he would eventually develop and you would train him to be good. Uh, but anyways. No, and then he tried <laughs> to steal. He stole the, the Fate 4 in the middle of our fight with our first Metal Man. Yeah, he crashed it. He yeah. bl- got it blown up partially. <laughs> he he got nearly killed. I yeah, saved I his mean... life, and then he was an asshole about it when I brought him back. He's like, I just saved your life, and then he got shitty about it. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. I mean, I, he was there to make mistakes, for sure. But yeah. it was still, you know, he's still just kind of like a young man, right? So, but man, yeah. I mean, at least Hope built a statue in his name, I guess. <laughs> Hope, Hope had a special relationship with... Did she sleep with him? I, how did that happen? Oh, she was drunk, and she felt bad because she knew he was going to do something stupid and die, but he was a kid, and she was, like, messed up, so she thought she was doing him a favor by making him a man or something. <laughs> well, at least he had it one time. At least he had it one time. But she knew he was um, going to die because he just... Did the rest of the party know that? Because we kept things <laughs> yeah, secret I think, sometimes. I think it came out in, like, a letter or something. I vaguely remember... There was a period of time some, where you like, didn't weird know. casual conversation it got mentioned, but I think it happened during a heads, uh, headphones off moment. Because it was just like, all of a sudden, it was like, oh, by the way, this thing happened, but not recently. Like, it was, it had happened, I don't know, some sometime before, I think, is when we found out about Well, Hope, Hope was the only one that was kind of nice to him sometimes. But but anyways, I, 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 this is questions for you, not for me. I just, so Scott hated Walnut the most. Not the most. The, I just, he, the worst, he jumps. The worst role play. He nor, no, yeah. you're dead. See, it doesn't really even answer your question, because I think your role play was fine. I just think the character was annoying. Yeah. Uh, if you need anything, just yell walnut. 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 Yeah, he was just walnut. like, I want to kick you in the butt, walnut. You annoyed me, walnut. But it wasn't you. You know. Are we okay. going to get to pick our favorite? Because I think that's going to be the fight. Because uh, we like, we so can do that. But let, so let's wrap up worst. Kyle, Kristen, anything? You know, just just. <laughs> I mean, me. Tenda was a functional story device. Like I, I didn't dislike him i've yeah i just i was i was thinking when i say worst role play i always thought like my dwarvish was by far the worst because it would morph into russian and italian constantly <laughs> oh yeah because i hated but, the mind master yeah. but that was <laughs> right yeah yeah like my answer i was gonna say not that it was your npcs were acted great and the changing accents is part of the charm but like character-wise, the Mind Master, I wanted to beat the heck out of him. I definitely modeled the Mind Master, even though he's a gnome. His voice is modeled after the Trade Federation race and the Phantom Menace, like, uh, right? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I was I definitely, channel- I was, was definitely awful. channeling that. Yeah, mm, yeah. yeah, was, yeah. The Hill that- Master was pretty bad too, but like in a fun <laughs> way. But Softhead, every time Softhead came up, I've never wanted to kill an NPC more in my life. And like tried to go through like logic loops on like, why is it okay if I just go murder Hobo on this well, thing? You, and then, you, you do have an alignment. And then Hope was just like, cut out his tongue. And I was like, oh, never mind. We'll just leave him to Hope. She'll take care of it. It's fine. I'm glad she did that. Because I don't talk like that. was fun. That's fantastic. All right, uh, best role play, best or uh, favorite NPCs and or best role play. Quiz Quaz. Yeah, Quiz Quaz is pretty mm. good. Quiz Quaz is real good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, yeah, I wish I did more with Quiz Quaz toward the end. Sort of had to cut for time. Uh, the um, principal's voice modulator was amazing. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. The only thing I didn't like about it is how convoluted it was to turn off and on. I, I have to solve that because I think it delayed energy. I think energy here's the thing, though. Here's the weird thing. I think it worked in your favor because I think if that worked flawlessly, we would have never trusted the principal and possibly killed him. And there would have been no dealing with the principal in the final act. I think hmm. there was a level of humor to his like, hold on, hang on, hang on, one minute. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> like that cheesy stuff, even though I don't think it was supposed to be 100% in character, kind of gave you the, well, maybe he does just want to be a dad. He's kind of mm. a dork. Like, it was disarming. It, well, it brought him down a peg, for the sure. Nash, the Nash doesn't fall far from the nature's hole. Yeah, I think okay. there was an element of that. It was like, oh god, mm. this is Nash's dad. Like, mm -hmm. I think it, I think it rang true, at least for me. I don't know if that hit anybody else, but I was like, I don't know, maybe he's genuine, and I trusted very few people in this. Yeah, campaign. that was like accidental role play fumble thing. Like you were just trying to make the tech work where you thought you were talking as Bo, and was like, oh shoot, I got to change it back. You know, like this that made him sound like I could genetically be the the you know or the result of him and some other coupling like it's if he felt like nash's dad in that moment mm. so i actually i agree with john that was pretty great um but as far as like just you just doing it raw yeah, favorite like role play or favorite characters or npcs or, i liked know. brent brent yeah, yeah he was a dick but you were really good at his whole like aloof sort of yeah whatever you guys suck but i'm here hey you want to do a deal with me like that just kind of that vibe. I mean, it's hard. It's a hard question to ask because there's so many NPCs over five years, right? So yeah. Just, but I thought that was effective. I really like that. The, the, there was Doctor. Uh, what is it? Rick Dickles. Rick Dickles. Yeah. <laughs> I I liked uh, Nash's. Uh, well, first of all, I think hands down, and it worked out to your favor. You, uh, I, I think, of all of us, do the best. Like, it's not the most accurate Nash impression in terms of just like matching his voice, but you get you get Nash so perfect that every time there's another Nash or a talking body part, like it's just so perfect and well done that it feels true to Scott's character in a, in a really weird way. Like it's a, it's a different person playing it, but it just feels honest every time. And as a result, I really liked Nash's shoulder mouth, but <laughs> I think a lot of that came from how little Scott thought of it. Like, really, like it was I so always clearly was supposed there. to be like this little like almost like another son or who knows but I, I, he I just wanted yeah. nothing to do with it he yeah. didn't want to acknowledge it he didn't want to talk about it anytime yeah. there was an opportunity for a tender moment he just veered hard in the other direction i'm not sure what was going to happen with it but i had a thought that maybe a second dash would grow out of him eventually <laughs> yeah i just kind of he would only really come up when bo would insert it because I would forget. I remember the little hand more than I did the mouth. Yeah. So the hand is a separate entity than the mouth. Yeah. So it's really two gnashes. I do love the hand. Me. The hand is great. Yeah. Yeah. No, you definitely own the hand. I mean, there's just yeah. You're net um, mutating Nash is a labor of love. Like <laughs> DNA underwear, putting the hand in, like just any weird, gross thing. Knowing that you'd accept it and be fine with it, like was. Yeah. I just wish we had done more. Yeah, I get it. But yeah. What was the? I feel bad saying he's my favorite, forgetting his name. Um, but what was the lizard folk commander? 
Oh, Omnom? Omnom. Yeah. One of the biggest regrets, letting him die. It's so sad. I even had some art. Uh, what's his name? JP Vega drew an, an art memorializing him. Yeah. I loved Omnom. He Omnom felt like I... All the time. Omnom felt like... Because I did a lot of lizard folk over the campaign with to varying degrees of success, but Omnom felt like the one I had gotten. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> you, you know, I was just... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, we also have to give special kudos to Bok Bok, who has obviously been very endearing to uh, community and listeners. Although I don't, I remember Kyle saying he didn't like Bok Bok in one Q and A at one point. It blew my mind because he does such a good <laughs> job role playing being his mentor. Um, I don't know if Bok Bok is popular with us. I don't particularly like Bok Bok, but I like. This is going to sound like a backwards compliment, but I do genuinely mean this. I like the way other people like Bok Bok. I, I, I can appreciate <laughs> how our audience likes him, and I can see the charm through their eyes. When Bo's just yelling in my ears, I'm not as thrilled about Bok Right. Bok I mean, around. that might be you know one reason we dropped off on listeners was just like, oh my god, people who can't stand when I do that. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, the... I think for me, Bok Bok was fun for a while when it made everyone laugh, but it's, he became like a principal member of the party, but he's a, you know, kind of a tool. And I think the joke got old after a few years, you know, I was like, okay. Um, so that's, I mean, that, it, that's why we saw less of him because I think he wasn't an overall favorite of everyone. I think he was better when he was funnier, but um, Pharrell was trying to make him serious. I don't know. I just, he he's very special and uh and i i would be tempted to almost play him in a campaign too who does the character who doesn't speak in any english terms whatsoever mm-hmm. but um yeah no uh, but uh the comment was coming from uh, like you like the way other people liked buck buck i think people just like, he was a chaos generator right like if if things were still Anytime there was a situation that lacked for action or, or something, I could easily use him to do something impulsive. You know, basically has ADHD. Like he's just going to, if there's a quiet moment, he's going to find something explosive to go and occupy his time with. And, and that's, that can be a, it's an easy problem to come up with in the moment. Okay. Well, that's, that's awesome. I was curious about that. Uh, I had one more sort of thing, although I think we've been asked this okay i have a different one that i'm also curious about um who is the villain you hated the most or or just you know that you reacted to the most or um who who was like the best villain out of everything we did oh geez I think he did a great job with the principal, to be honest. Yeah. I remember plus the first he time we carried... met him was really intense. Yeah, and he carried throughout, right? Even when it was just an ominous name of a yeah. creature we hadn't met yet, and we didn't know why his pull was so big, all that. Like, he had a lot of, like, build. It felt very Thanos in a lot of in all the right ways, I thought. I, I agree. I think the principal, who was ultimately your ultimate baddie, was, was probably your best. Okay. Okay. Cool. How about you guys? Yeah. Anybody else? Gorp is yeah, fun. I'm just thinking if anything is uh, like there was that guzzle. Uh, what was his name? Suckmaster Din. <laughs> 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 suck- um, I <laughs> think suck- 
Suckmaster <laughs> Den. There's, uh-huh. there's, you know, the uh, who else there was there? There was um, Monsoon I mean, Cabbage. Quiz Quaz was, was kind of one, and Quiz Quaz and Catobal Prey. Dolapopio. Um, yeah. who I'm actually gonna say, like, I think the principal was better, but I think there is something special about. You know, I I didn't much care for how long we were in Caravalon, but the way Dolapopio was set up and kind of teased and like you kind of saw like his influence for a while building up to then a big boss fight. It felt very it felt very final boss. I agree. And I I think that felt really cool because it was like oh, we're we're see, we're hearing a little bit about him. And then it was like, OK, now we're having to deal with sleeper agents here and there. And then it was like, oh, now we have to deal with a lot of sleeper agents. And then it was, oh, we got to deal with a whole lot of shit. And then eventually, you know, you have the big boss battle. And I think there was just a real like good progression there that made fighting and killing Dolopopio very satisfying. Yeah, I was mind blasted for that whole place. And. I know I got to crit him. That's why he's on my sheet as uh, lobotomizer. <laughs> but yeah, that's when I first uh, got to introduce the flame sword of Grivchill. So that, while we didn't interact with him, just like John's saying, it was such a lead up with uh, Razak Val 2 and the big worm butt orp explosion that decimated that place. I, I really wanted to fight that guy. I guess orp turned into a villain too. He did, yeah. but he couldn't help it. Yeah, he was sim- sympathetic. Okay. It's the Dolopo- yeah, that, that was fun. That, that, yeah, this whole campaign was fun. I am I know I'm going to miss it uh, running a game. I'm going to want to run one uh, soon. But um, yeah, though it's truly unique. Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> Just wondering about the villains. There's also Henatar Grape, but he wasn't really developed as a, as a villain, I think. Um. So I think, because I think we've been asked this, but is there just uh, any decision that you would have done differently? I feel like we've answered this before in previous shows, but with the whole breadth of the campaign, and and I'll just quickly tell you mine, I think the thing I I regret the most is taking away Hope's, not taking away, but not resurrecting Hope with her metal arm and leg. (laughs) (laughs) They were badass, and I really like them, and when I look at them, I'm like, why did I, I don't know, We could. it's Magic World, I should just let her... I don't know if it bothered you at all, Kristen, but uh, I just felt like it was a really cool part of your character, and I'm just like, I took it away, you know? I don't mind taking Scott's heart away. <laughs> he can be sad about it, and I'm like, it's fine. Well, especially because it's at the end, and it's a perfect plot device, too, to take it. Yeah, away. that's kind of why I felt comfortable doing it, but I just felt like, I think you were okay with it, and ultimately we cut off your hand and went a different way, but... It just made your. It, it was, <laughs> she was missing a limb. It was <laughs> the, the the reason is I just felt like it made your character look really iconic, like comic book character wise. You know, it's like taking away Superman's S on his chest or something. You know, like I just felt like it was, and it was earned, right? Like the party did surgery on you. It's not like I. It was just there. It was earned uh, through play, and I always just felt bad that we took it away. You know, I, I would change that. Anyways, you well, guys? it definitely ties into um, what I really liked about Hope. The it was so shocking when it was a monk who just turned the missile back. Like that was amazing. <laughs> that was that was so cool. Um, but it didn't really bother me, mostly because it was a different Hope that came back, right? A different body, so it would make yeah. sense that yeah. they wouldn't have to have it. So. 
while I was sad it was lost because there was a lot of comedy there of her trying to sneak around with those heavy metal pieces. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, it, it didn't ruin anything. No, no, I didn't, I don't think it did either, but I just still I still regret it. That's my biggest regret. Um, you guys have a decision you wish you think about what if I had done differently, even if you're okay with what you did, you know, like um mine it, the one I think about the most is on the way to the White Tower and Varel and his mighty jugs of ale. And like how, because he was greatly disturbed by getting completely owned by that angel guy. But there was no way to deal with that and, and explore that in a podcast form. Because like in a, I think in a tabletop game, like where we're all hanging at home, Varel would have sat out the White Tower. Like that would have been him dealing with his fear for the first uh, time ever. And he would have right. bailed. But as kind of the tank of the party, as certainly one of the motivating factors that kept the party doing the quest, there wasn't, a, in a different environment, a different style game, I would have sat down with Bo and been like, Bo, he's not going to the White Tower. Let's make a new character. I'll play something at the White Tower. I'll play a knight or something for that time. But Varel is not going to the White Tower. Hmm. I can't think and, of any like that. For Nash. I, I, I think I mine's no a, a small one near the end. Um, and it's a little bit of a it's just a I, I just regret it. It's just a small regret. And uh I would not have had Stanley go through the rigmarole of the wish spell to create a doppelganger thing <laughs> at the end. I excited to play it. That's fine. I know. thought I would ask because I was like in my head, right? So there's like what you think is gonna happen, and then there's what happened. In my head, it would be Bo, can I rule of cool? create a bunch of doubles of Stanley. You know, we we've done it with Nash. The principal's literally doing it to us. We're at the end. Can we, can we rule the cool this to say it happens and let this be a thing that, that goes down. And he would say yes or no. And if he said, yes, we would do it. We'd have a big dumb fight, a bunch of Stanley's versus a bunch of Nash's for however many rounds we had left. And he was like one or two. Mm. Um, and, and then that would be it. And it would be like two seconds. And I feel like when he was apprehensive, I doubled down on it. And I wish I had just been like, eh, let's not do it then. And had really stuck to my guns on that. Cause I feel like what it became was such a nightmare for everyone. I, I regret making that decision. Okay. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. I mean, resolving that was new for me too. Cause if you're just going to use the wish spell, maybe you could just wish. Other things, why you know we cut we definitely rabbit hold on that thing, for sure. Um, Kristen, any decisions you'd make differently? Any people you wouldn't have killed, maybe? Or how about that bazooka that blew you to bits? <laughs> <laughs> that I no, I don't have any regrets, you know, because I see it all as a part of the story that happened. Just anything you're curious if you'd have done differently then, rather than regret. It doesn't have to oh, be Oh, the okay, the big one stayed and fought for Tietkala instead of trying to lure the demon lord away. That would have been the big... The one where Squirts died? Uh, yeah, yeah, where Squirts died. And so many of her people died. Well, there's chunks. Hi, chunks. <laughs> uh, um, okay, 
And Scott, since you didn't really have a regret, is there anything you would change? You're curious if you had done B versus A. Oh, geez. Um, like, what if you didn't marry Angelashi? You know. I mean, like I was just thinking go. about that because that's a major part of my arc. I pro I probably would be curious about where it would have gone, but I don't regret it. Okay. But I'd, I'd be right. I'd be super curious. The thing is, if you presented it again, it would be hard for me to choose otherwise. It's like when I play a, a game the second time, I'm like, this time I'm going to be different or evil or whatever the other choices are. I, I never can do it. I always have to go with what I think I would do. And I think yeah. I'd do the same, but I'd, I'd still be curious what that alternate timeline looked like. I would be curious what happened if I didn't give Diantalis to the principal. Like, I can't say there's a part of me that regrets it because I hate I I'd like that's the darkest moment in my play session, but I couldn't think of any logical reason why Stanley wouldn't be willing to do it. And but I've always been curious, like, would the principal just tried to kill Stanley right then? Would he have just taken it by force? Like, I am curious the direction that would have gone if he had been like, no, I'm not going to hand him over to you. Yeah. 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 It might have gone a different direction. I, I don't even, it's hard to think what in that scenario, what might have happened because the context was a while ago. But... Um, okay. And so I have one more thing that uh, I just want to open it up to. I, Kristen kind of mentioned this towards the, our conversation at the end of the last session, but, um, any secrets, anything you want to know, any questions that you have, like, you know, just, just broadly ranging stuff, like anything out. Like I know one, I don't know if Scott, I think maybe you did Stanley ever share with Scott that, um, Stanley's God told him when he was in the. Brussels sprout becoming the Salili prime told him that in order it was his destiny in order for the galaxy to be saved. It was his destiny to kill you basically. There'd be no scenario where you would save the universe and Nash would live. So Stanley actually had a secret mission to kill you mm. for a while. Yeah. Um, I didn't know which, that. which it's funny uh, he didn't. He, he didn't have. I could see he didn't have the heart to do. He and he didn't need to because you killed yourself, Terminator Two, D Judgment Day style, in the second to the last episode. So right. the prophecy got fulfilled, and that was all kinds of awesome for me. I don't. I don't know if any listeners were paying attention, but I love that you did die, and that's that's how I, that is how the prophecy got fulfilled. I did not. I really know. liked it because. I didn't want to do it as Stanley. And I spent a lot of time going, well, I'm not going to do it. Like I, I have no intention of doing it. Um, but I, I like that it happened. And I like that Stanley's the one who brought him back yeah. and that like, Hey, you were told you need to kill this guy. And instead he ended up being the person that made it to where he survived. And he got to look like a hero because he made the ultimate sacrifice all casually. Like, yeah, I'm just going to leave and die. It's <laughs> 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 like, I guess that's it. Oh, well. <laughs> no, I did not know that. Had no, no idea. So, yeah. So that's an example of a secret uh, that was there. Um, not that there were many of them because most of them, I think, were revealed. But it doesn't have to be secrets. Just any questions what happened with this? Or can you explain to me why this happened because I didn't get it? Or anything? Any burning questions in your mind? Um, that might have been lingering over the years that we haven't talked about, or that I might have said, well, as a DM, I can't tell you that. And so as a DM, I can now tell you any information. The campaign is wrapped up. So oh my gosh. lay it on me if, you, if there's something. I can't think of anything. Kristen, you, I, I thought maybe you had one for me for that. But. 
but it's been a week. Maybe we forgot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you, you did want to know something about something. I remember, and I, that's why I was like, I'll make a note of that. Maybe we can answer any other secrets. Or just I can't any think other. of anything. We might have already answered it over the course of today's discussion too. We're at, I think, two hours and change now. Well, and a lot of it was based on, uh, you know, you've talked about your DM style, where oftentimes you would plan the next session based on the previous session. So, like yeah. the the frog hemoth coming in, like that was clearly meant to eat us, right? Like there was no way we were going to avoid being eaten because he was just he was down on us. Yeah. Yeah, and there was no plans for him to cut his body, like to to shed part of his body and fly into space. Like you, you didn't defeat him really. You journeyed through him quite extensively, and I mean, you defeated him, but he still lived. Um, and I meant as we traversed through space. Well, maybe I even shouldn't say it in case we do play an epilogue. But you know, you can't do that. You wait, hang on. <laughs> you can't say I like, ask anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to think, anyways, that he's. Uh, found his family and is living peacefully in space as space tadpole with the rest of the space tadpole family. Wow. And I had a mind to bring him back into the campaign somehow in some way. And so the reason why I'm saying that is like, he's probably out there in the cosmic world and he's meetable and perhaps he'll be an ally. He'll remember Pharrell and be an ally in the future or something involving him. Um, I just feel like it's, it's not the last we've seen of this frog hemoth. Um, he's out there living a happy life, having I, I can't in my head is he's found his family. Like he was a tortured animal on earth captured and brought here to, to starve, be starved and then eat humans. Uh, but in space he can eat, uh, you know, little, little space piggies and, and travel with his herd as a happy frog hemoth tadpole in yeah. space. Yeah. yeah. That's what that's... So stuff like that, you know, like, is there any, anybody's fates that we can discuss that we were like curious about, you know, what I know what happened to Ben's I, character? I killed most of the, I killed most of the places you guys visit. But... What happened to Ben's character? Ben. Yeah. Ben. Ben. you know, Ben, Ben, our friend, Ben, he played a little, one of the little chance. Tiny... Chance. Chance. Yeah, chance. Oh, chance. Oh yeah. No, he's still floating out there. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's actually had a bad fate. He's he's still floating out there okay. in interminable void, um, knowing no death but knowing no life. He's just um, floating. Then he's out. He there. really. I've also thought about bringing him back in some way, but it's not off the table. I mean, we can always. Who knows? We can. Ben could come back, but yeah, he's off floating into space. Uh, floating in some void space in the far realm, as far as you know. Right. Kind of a sad fate for chance. Somebody All like... the characters I care about are dead, so there's not a lot of questions left on any of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they had souls, and you know of the place where souls go. Not that your character would do anything necessarily, but you know you are traveling to the Feywild, and your fate in particular could be more connected to, you know, because you're part elf to more cosmic uh, adventures. So you never know. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh. Yeah, we wrapped up a lot of the main characters. Um. There was also. Uh, you know, uh, Carter's character, Eddie, yeah. she helped in the war, yeah. 
I sort of thought of getting her involved, but I guess we never managed to sort that out. Um, but she helped there, and you know she's living a good life as a, as a captain of a her own airship. Um, let me just looking up my character list here, see if I can't think of anything that maybe we, we could chat about. Um, oops, character list. Okay, so the Fate 6 is fine. You're going to reach Oh, and Hope has that now. You, you've donated that, so you don't... Yeah, that went to Hope. Uh, Charlemagne. Still, he's on Mars, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nobieri's still around. Bokbok's the leader. You know, Immense Lodar and Chrysorius back, back with you. Monsoon, uh, you know, let go of this mortal coil. Dungle Star Raven's Bread and Tungsten Wheel. I guess they're back together, mourning the loss of their niece, but a happy couple. Uh, Grogiel is in the Spirit Lands. Where he belongs. Yeah. Oh, what's happening with Lyriel? I guess she's just with the elves, right? Lyriel was a great character that Kristen, Kristen voice. And, and yeah, her. I loved Lyriel. Oh, there you go. Okay, There's thanks. a secret. That's a secret I want to know. What? Um. What was it? I had a question about whether or not. Oh, she... was she actually? <laughs> yes. Yes. The... Was she actually like a princess or did she just read about it? Or what was the, what was the deal? I don't remember all of it, but I remember she always like had this Disney princess like vibe. And mm-hmm. I, it was unclear as to whether that was just her pretending or it was in her head or if that was a real thing. Well, to be honest, I built it where it was going to be real. But then you suggested, what if she just stayed at home and read books all day? And she just imagined it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> that's amazing. So I don't know which way it would have gone had she continued, but I really, really liked what what you what you had suggested because that opened up a whole different world of possibility. Well, because that was my assumption at first. Like when we first met her, I was like, "Oh my gosh, we got we met like a real Disney princess here in space! Like that's crazy." And then the more she was just like always just in the cabin cooking for us and doing stuff, which I know was a part of the character, but then I was like she just stay home and read books? <laughs> like, what, is, what is it that she does? Um, so that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I really liked her. Both the, uh, like, all of Kristen's characters were really good, but, like, major uh, VIPs to Squirts and Lyriel. I thought both of those were oh, thank you. awesome <laughs> supplementary characters. Yeah, um, I miss Squirts. That's good. <laughs> yeah, Squirts was great. Was good. Yep, nothing wrong with squirts. Well, I think that covers the twelve mushrooms I invented. Yeah, dude, you were mushroom king. Okay. Yeah, you were lord of mushrooms. I'm looking at the name because I'm just going through my notes now, and I'm like, oh yeah, I made a type of mushroom called sarpine. Yeah, sarpine. And I'm like, I like sarpine and a fat cap. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think that covers it. Anybody have anything else they want to add before we uh, Uh, cut out of here? No, no, those are those are the things. Those are great questions, and thank you again for playing in the greatest campaign that Dungeons and Dragons has ever known. You were the best players. In the history right. of the medium, uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't, you're a wonderful uh, DM. Yeah. You were the best players. I wouldn't have asked for anyone else, and I'd do it again. Well, we may just do that. Uh, people at home, we don't have any definitive plans to tell you about yet, but what we do, we'll let you know. 
but thanks again for all your feedback. And you can keep it coming. We're happy to field uh, other stuff as it filters through. There's still a Q&A up on the website at therewillbedungeons.com. If you have any other desire to, to ping us or talk to us or whatever, you know where to find us all. That'll do it for us, for me, for Bo, for John, for Kristen, and for Kyle, and for future baby as well as Chunks. We'll see you next time.